Hey guys, before we get started, I just want to warn you that this episode includes talk of child abuse, infant death, miscarriage, sick kids. If any of those things would make it a tough listen for you, go ahead and skip this one. Thanks. Princess here and welcome to another bonus episode from Buy Pumpkin. Um, yeah, I'm in my husband's man cave to record this because all my kids are at home. It's the middle of the fucking day and I want to get this done. And um, it's filthy in here. It's, it looks like where Christy from Intervention was sleeping when she said, I'm just going to do whatever I want because that's what the government does. Looks just like that. I don't know what's going on with my husband. Uh, this place needs an intervention is what it fucking needs. But you know what? Um, I said I'd do a podcast every week. I do a podcast every week. And if I have to come into a filthy place where I believe I'm going to get tetanus, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just not touching anything and sending mean text messages to my husband. Um, by the way, uh, first of all, the fact that I'm in here is so brave <laughs> because last night I actually got up in this morning. Actually, I got up incredibly early because I had a dream. There was a roach in my house and dream me said, no, we're not going to do this. What we're not going to do is this. So I just woke up. I was like, no, no, thank you to that dream. So I've been up very early. And the other thing I want to buy, the way, is that yesterday, my husband gave me all this shit because he told me to open the garage door so it would cool down his man cave a little before he came home. Now, as you guys remember, the garage is divided in half with a wall now so that there's storage on one side and a man cave on the other side. When he said open the garage door... I went and opened the garage door. You know, the thing that slides up to your garage. And he was like, what are you talking about, Princess? I meant the door you opened to get into the garage. That's not called the garage door. That's called the door to the garage. And he's like, no, 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 you're the only one thinks that. Well, then why are they called garage door openers? What do you what do you call that roll up door? The roll up door. So you're telling me that when you when you get that little thingamabobby on your car that you hit that opens the garage so that you can roll your car in it if you look like a normal person instead of like the Curtises who have to who have a man cave in a fucking garage. They call that the rolly up a door opener. That's what they call it. Hmm. Hmm. Words mean things, Mr. Curtis. They mean things. And so I, when he was, when he had that little attitude, I, uh, I was like, I do not accept this attitude. I do not, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to allow you to have this attitude. You can try, but you are not allowed to because you don't use real words. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let me get started on this podcast in which I don't use real words all the time. Let me get started. <laughs> Oh, before we get started, let's talk about White Lotus. In fact, there is a timestamp in 
the show notes that tells you when I'll be done talking about White Lotus. You can fast forward to there if you are somebody who is gets very upset with spoilers and you haven't done and you haven't watched all the five episodes. There's only six in the series. Uh, they come out every Sunday. Or if you're somebody who does not care about White Lotus. But I need to talk about it. I need to talk about it with somebody and you're the only one here. White Lotus is a terrible fucking show. Actually, it's just a mediocre show. But because people are raving about it, then you watch it thinking it's going to be great. And then when it's not great, you're like, this shit sucks. It's God save me from prestige TV, guys. Save me. Where I have to watch some woman look out a window for 40 seconds while indie music plays. What the fuck, man? I don't care about none of these fucking characters. I don't care about I don't I don't care about what happens to them. At the end of every episode, I go, so what? And so you're saying, Chris, why would you keep watching episodes? Because I'm a completionist and we're in a pandemic and there's nothing else to do. So I keep watching them, hoping that there's gonna be a moment. Where I understand why everyone is so excited. But it hasn't gotten there yet. <laughs> Every time I see a tweet about it, it's like, it's such a smart take on class and wealth. I don't think so. I really don't think so. I I think I have to care about your characters. I don't care about none of the fucking characters. I'll tell you what. Here's where the spoilers coming into effect. Kai's a dumb bitch. And I'll tell you why. One, if, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen in the finale. I really don't know. Nor do I care, but will I watch it? Probably. <laughs> There's nothing else to watch right now. Um, Paula, I believe the girl, the, the brown girl's name is, has encouraged him. To, she gave him the, uh, the safe, number the safe key what is it called Dial. combination a safe combination so that see i just told you i was gonna not be using words <laughs> safe combination where so that he can steal all the jewelry from the wealthy family that she's on vacation with and particularly some seventy five thousand dollar bracelets that steve zahn bought his wife after he cheated on her with his own money. Okay. Kai. Jewelry is never worth what you paid for at retail. It just isn't. It's, it's, it's almost like buying a car and it depreciates as soon as it leaves the lot. It's just never worth that unless you've gotten some, a very special piece of jewelry and like that, those things can appreciate. But not something that he went to Jacob the jeweler. <laughs> I'm not gonna explain that reference if you don't get it. To go get that's not that's not gonna appreciate. So even if this was a legal sale, you wouldn't get seventy five thousand dollars for it. All right. But illegally, that's called fencing, right? When you're selling stolen goods, do you know any fence? Fences? Do you know anybody that you could do that with, guy? Oh, you don't? Because you don't steal? Oh, okay. See, and even if you knew someone 
who you could sell, who would help you fence these goods. Even if you somehow found one that isn't going to shoot you in your fucking head and just take the shit because you are a green little boy, okay? Even if you somehow found a way to make this sale, $75,000 bracelets, maybe $5,000, maybe, maybe. Probably closer to 2000 actually. So already, this shit ain't worth it. It ain't worth it, right? But the other thing that Kai, a person that I'm, I don't know if he's grown up in the shadow of the White Lotus, but um, he very much understands, he works there. Um, the land was taken from his people. Um, he very much understands that the type of person that goes and has a vacation at the White Lotus lives on a different planet than he has. I understand Paula is there with her her fan, her friend's wealthy family, but she's still at the White Lotus and not working in the White Lotus, okay? So, Paula's dumb, right? Paula don't know what your life is like, Kai. Paula lives in a whole different fucking world. She probably goes to school to Olivia. She thinks the world works in a way that does not work for you. And if something goes down, whatever consequences are, because we haven't seen the consequences yet, the consequences for Paula are going to pale in the consequences for you they will throw you the fuck away kai you know maybe carla and olivia aren't friends and you know she gets a bad reputation in school because blah maybe something like that she's not gonna do fucking time you are kai knows this i don't i don't and then I just thought it was a bad idea anyway because my understanding that I've never used a hotel safe so maybe I'm understanding this incorrectly. My understanding is that you set the combination when you when you get into the hotel, okay? So it's not like the hotel safe combination is always that combination because how safe is that? That means that 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 everyone who works up there knows what the combination is. That means Paula wouldn't have to tell Kai what it is because it's on a it's a list in the office. Maybe it's locked away, but still. Okay. So with that understanding that they are setting these uh, combinations when they get there, that means that the only people who are going to know the combination are Connie Britton, Steve Zahn, that chick from a... Uh, uh, the fantasy show on HBO with all the teenagers. <laughs> that show. Um, these are people that are the little brother. They got sleeping in the kitchen. These people are all like, we're gonna, who, who are going to know about it. And the fact that they just said the code in front of the little brown girl that's there. I guarantee you somebody's going to remember that. That's the type of shit someone remembers. Especially when you are vacationing with your wealthy white friend's family. How do I know? I used to have to do stuff like that. I would always be invited to these things. First of all, I give good parents. Everyone, parents love me. They always have. But they would always be like, bring princess. She's so great, blah, blah, blah. And then they would spend all this time trying to like, trying to convince me they're good people and telling their child that they should have they should get grades like mine and and they should be polite like me and and things like I've been in that situation and the thing is they can like you all they fucking want to 
When something goes missing, I'm not going to finish that sentence. They can, they can welcome you in their home and say, you're like a daughter to us. Please go on this expensive vacation with us. Please. But when the shit hits the fan, you ain't nobody's daughter. And you're not like family to them. And people remember shit like we said the, the um, safe code out loud in front of that little brown girl over there. So, I mean, it's just a bad idea altogether. But the real thing, and Sod Berger from Twitter brought this up, the, the dumbest thing ever about Kai is that when Connie Britton walks in the room while he's trying to burglar, 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 steal, steal from the room, is he works there. He should have said, he should have just walked out and said, Hello? And then she would have been like, hello, what's going on? Why do you remember? Oh, there was a report of a leak. Um, we're having, or there's a leak. That, there, there's a leak upstairs and we just wanted to make sure, I'm supposed to check to make sure uh, it hasn't affected your room. Have you noticed anything? That's it. No, you haven't noticed any leaks or anything like that? There's, are you not having any problems with your room? You're not? Okay, great. Please call the front desk. Let us know if you need anything. Um, that's it. And then walk out the fucking room. Now, the fact that you got this jewelry in your hand, put that shit back. But I'm just saying, it was. it's very possible for him to walk out of there with all that shit without doing all everything that had to happen. The other thing that infuriates me about the fucking show is these people, I don't even know their names. I hate them so much. They are the newlyweds. As this woman is sitting down with his mother... Who, by the way, it is so gauche for you to show up on this fucking honeymoon. It is ridiculous, but okay. And she's like, I don't want to be a trophy wife. Girl, what did you think you were going to be? Have y'all ever spoken to each other? Why is it now, after you got married, that you are very shocked that you are married into a wealthy family, a wealthy real estate family, and now... Everyone's shocked that you might have to go, that, that you want to do some work. You do not talk about this. You didn't talk about your future. Does that motherfucker want to have kids? Do you? Where y'all going to live? Y'all ain't talked about none of this shit. And in fact, it feels like, it feels like they've never spoken before ever in life. Because she does not know he's an asshole. That he's actually a Karen. Okay. That he's someone who complains at hotels and stuff like that. And listen, I completely understand. I too, if you would, if I, if, well, I wouldn't be like, my mommy paid. No, but if, if we were not in that certain suite, I would just tell my mom, hey, you know, it looks like we got bumped to a different suite. You should probably check and make sure that you're not overcharging you. And that would have been the end of it. I wouldn't have been talking to anybody. I wouldn't be making more fucking, more fucking phone calls. I wouldn't be walking up down the hallway. I don't care. But he is so dead set that there is something he's supposed to have that he needs to go get. Is this the first time you've been around him when he acts like that? That's not, that's not, that's not some shit that hides itself. This is the type of person that, that mistreats waitstaff. I'm sure you've been to dinners with him, right? And he's probably made some joke about why, why, where's the waiter with your water? You know what I'm saying? Shit like that. That is a, that is a. Red fucking flag. You eat out with someone 
and they act wild with the wait staff, get the fuck away from them. Those are people who take whatever little bit of what they think is power and abuse it. The question of your moral character is how you treat people when no one's looking or when you don't think you have to treat them well. How do you talk to people? So I don't feel sorry for her. I just think she's stupid. She sounds stupid. He sounds unbearable and she sounds like a fucking idiot. And the last thing I want to complain about with White Lotus, can't believe I'm still talking about this show that I do not like, that I'm forcing myself. No one's forced me to watch it. Here I am. That's on me. I'm an idiot too, okay? <laughs> but Jennifer Coolidge, people are like, Emmy, Emmy nod for Jennifer Coolidge. Why? She's playing the same character she always plays. Nice work if you can get it. But that said, all she has to say is I want a hot dog real bad. This is Jennifer Coolidge. This is the person. They probably wrote it. I think she said they wrote it with her in mind. Yeah, because you're playing the same character you always play. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I don't actually have a problem with Jennifer Coolidge at all. I actually don't have that big of a problem with the character or the way she's acting in it. I have a problem with people hyping up around her, being like, eh. I'm like, that's not... I don't want any more prestige TV. I really don't. I don't... Hacks was so good. It was funny. The characters were very fleshed out. They gave you reasons to like them and to hate them. It was so good. And maybe that's prestige TV. But The White Lotus, ugh, it's already renewed for season two. Ugh. I, I'm just so tired of the TV they're offering me right now. Um... Mayor of East Town, white women in bleary eyes with bleary eyes and winter wear. I you know I love mysteries. Do you know how bad a show has to be for me to be like I don't give a fuck who killed her. I do not care. I I was in the middle of episode two and I was like I can't do this. I can't do this. This is so bad. Who cares about this? I skipped to the last episode so I would know who killed him. Still don't care. Found out and still didn't care. I, I do not want this TV anymore. Give me something I can enjoy. And I'm not saying that because I didn't like it, it wasn't good. I'm not saying that. I don't like good things. What are you talking about? Well, I, I, I do a podcast where I talk about shit like Flavor of Love. I don't like good things. But give me something I can enjoy, that I can enjoy the fucking ride with. That I'm not just watching white women act with the rims of their eyes, you know? Like how red the rims of their eyes are. I'm tired of this. And the only reason we think it's good is because we don't have anything else to watch and because we're on the internet and that's what they talk about. It's Tiger King all over again. Now, keep in mind, I enjoyed the ride of Tiger King. But remember when Tiger King was everywhere? It's because we were all inside and we were all watching the same fucking thing. This is how it used to be on TV. Remember... We were all watching things at different times. Sometimes we're binging them. That's another thing. HBO, just put the fucking episodes up. I'm tired of watching weekly TV. I really am. But, what was I talking about? Oh, like when people used to watch, like Who Shot JR? Like big television moments. When people would be watching season finales, season finale of ER, we all watched at the exact same time. Streaming has disrupted that. I understand that. And I... 
that thing we felt when Tiger King was everywhere was the exact the exact thing we would feel if Twitter were around while in the 90s when we were watching Alec McBeagle on a weekly basis because we would be talking to each other about it. I That's what it felt like. That said, also, that Twitter shit makes it seem like something is worth watching because lots of people are watching it. I don't know. I just want something. I want something better. I want something better. I I want I'm ready for my last season of Insecure. I'm ready for that. I'm ready for I just I want something better. Okay. I am done talking about White Lotus. And thank you for indulging me. Thank you for listening to me complain about something no one forced me to look at. And will I watch the last the last episode? Of course I will. Of course. Of course. Because I watched all these other episodes and why wouldn't I? <laughs> all right. So this is a commissioned episode. This is, Taylor commissioned it. It is about a TLC show called, called Doubling Down with the Doricos. Doricos. Um, they're in their second season. And I do not know who these people are. And the reason is, is because I have moved on past TLC multiples in a family of shows. If this was 2007, 2008, after watching, I didn't watch all of the episodes. I, I painted my bathroom on a whim last night. And when I say on a whim, meaning I intended to paint it, I just didn't intend to paint it last night. Like, there's no way I would have just gotten up and bought some paint and ran home and painted. That's not how it works for me. Actually, my boss had his gallbladder removed. He went to the doctor. He had pain. The doctor was like, we got to take your gallbladder out. You can you do it right now? And he was like, Yeah. And then they did it. What? <laughs> that's some shit that's on a whim. <laughs> but I painted my bathroom last night and I and I just put my iPad, um, I leaned my iPad against the sink and I watched and I just had that on going on while I was doing it. Um, so I haven't seen all the episodes, but I've seen most of the season one. I've seen probably because I, I did skip around a bit. So I've probably seen like half of the episodes of season two. They don't have a ton of episodes of the TLC show. But if I had come across this show in 2007, 2008, because that's when I was started watching the Goslings. Goslings? Gosling? Guys, I can't pronounce the word. Don't I don't want to hear about it. The uh, John and Kate plus eight. That's when I started watching that show. I would have liked this. Sh- I would have liked this show better. Um... For a number of reasons. But before we get started on that, let's talk about the cast of characters. Let's start there. So, the Doricos are a family with four sets of multiples. Um, Quince, triplets, um, twins, and two, it's two sets of triplets. And they live in Vegas. They are from Detroit. The, the mom and dad met while... She was a flight attendant based out of Detroit, and I they probably they're in real estate, so I can imagine why they're in Vegas now. And so back to the cast of characters. So we have the dad is Dion Dorico. He is 50, 51. The mom, Karen Dorico, 41. Now, here's the thing. Every one of these kids' name, almost everyone will get to that. His name starts with a D. Okay. 
But Karen's name, so the whole family's name starts with a D, except for Karen. Why? Now, they said it was because, you know, because that's how, what Dion wanted, and, you know, was, uh, their last name is Dorico, and, you know, double D, and da, 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 and all this other stuff. But I'm like, but Karen's name doesn't start with a D. In the interest of continuity, I need Karen to change her name. Her name even starts with a D, or they should have named all the girls K names. Would that still be corny? Yes. I actually don't mind when people do that with their family where they name all their kids the same letter name. I understand that, like, because you're, you want your kids' names to kind of go together, right? You don't want, I don't know, you don't want names that don't seem like they know each other. And I just feel like a lot of times that means that they're all the same, they're all the same letter, and that could be fine. The problem is, that because one of the the woman the the wife's name does not start with a d it seems so fucking out of place a lot of times when i was watching this stuff he seems to kind of overpower her in a lot of ways i bet he's super charismatic in person but like he seems to be like i don't know it's not that i think that she they're very different than a lot of these shows that we watched where the people are very religious, they have multiple kids, they have a ton of kids and stuff. Um, she doesn't seem like, I wouldn't say submissive to him or as if he tells her everything to do or whatever, but he seems like he gets big ideas and she has to go along with it. Um, which I can understand being married to a triple Leo. So their first kid's name is Darian. Um, she is a girl. She is 15. Um, the next kid underneath is Derek and he's 10. And I had a question about like, for people committed to having so many kids, why is there a five year age difference between Darian and Derek? And I Google that. And the answer is that Karen had multiple miscarriages between Darian and Derek. Um, I believe it was two. They called Derek their double rainbow baby. Um, and miscarriages. I'll talk about Karen and and the miscarriages and stuff later. Um, after Derek is Dallas and Denver, they are twins. They are nine. Um, then we have Quince, Quintuplets, Danico. Darius, Diani, Dacian, and Dayton. These are all spelled as off the wall as possible. And with as many extra vowels as you could possibly have. There's seven. Um, then you have Diaz, Dior, and Carter, who are triplets. And they are four. Carter died two hours after um, being born. Um, they asked, the um, doctor asked if they wanted to hold Carter because they could not get the feeding tube down his throat. Um, he's just too small. They were born premature. As multiples often are. Just so you guys know, um, being pregnant is uh, to term, I believe it's 40 weeks, right? 
which I saw a tweet saying that like we always say nine months, but it's more like ten. It is more like ten because it's not nine. It's not till you count to nine. It's nine full months, full months. <laughs> you go. You actually get to count to ten before you're done. But anyway, um, it's about forty weeks. Okay. And, but not everybody gets born in 40 weeks. You could be 42 weeks. You could be 38 weeks. It depends. But the, but the more multiples you have, the more likely you will not get to 40 weeks because there's a lot of those motherfuckers in there. And they'll be born, the likelihood of being born premature, big deal. And being born, the, the earlier you are born, the less likely you have for survival. That's, that's the truth. And so, um... The, those triplets were born three were born I don't know how early they were born I want to say gosh they weren't even in the 30s they, she wasn't even at week 30 um, and they were born very premature and one of them died why is the one that dies named Carter instead of D names like everybody else another question I had and that is and the, I had to google this too and the reason is that Karen always wanted a kid named Carter and also that it was him having a C name, he wouldn't get mixed up with all the D's. I find this to be unhinged. <laughs> the reason I find this to be unhinged is because the idea that we're going to name him off of our naming uh, algorithm so that he won't get lost with all the living children is... It's tough to say, okay? Um, I'll tell you guys know I rant regularly about um, This Is Us. And the fact that it's Kevin and Kate and Randall is... I hate that. Because they call them the triplets. But they're not triplets and we all know that. One of them's black and also adopted. We understand that. But the the fact that Randall's name is off the naming convention adds to it even more. And I understand why they did it. I, I watched the show. I remember the first two episodes of This Is Us. I was like, do they like Randall? Do they hate him? Why would they, one, name him a different naming convention? Two, not tell him he was adopted. I mean, he was like, what is Randall? Randall knows. Randall knows he's adopted. He's a very smart guy, but not give him the story of his adoption before a neighborhood kid told him. Mm-hmm. Cause uh, I forget the mom's name. Uh, Mandy Moore told like a rel a, a friend who then like was probably talking about it at dinner, and the kid knew and told Randall. Why would you let that happen to Randall? Just stuff like that. I, I was like, it, I was like, do they, do they not like him? Is that why they did this to him? Anyway, Carter, Carter's gone. Um, the last ones are Dawson, Darian, with an apostrophe, and Diver with a Y, and they're one and a half. Those are their triplets as well. So those are all the fucking kids. Then we got Eric. Who's Eric, you say? Eric, I thought, was Usher when he walked into the house. I was like, does Usher know this family? What? I don't know. Maybe I've, I think I've been watching too much Usher. The thing about Usher's, um, I forget the name of the album, just turned like 20, I think. 
and I watched You Remind Me, uh, that video a couple of times. It was a very good fucking video. Usher, I forget, Usher used to be fucking huge. Huge, 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 huge. Um, and Chili being in that video while they were dating. Another example of how Atlanta celebrities stick together. Um, but Eric is not. Eric is not Usher. Eric is a 31-year-old honorary Dorico. He is, um, he grew up in foster care. He was, he used to be their tenant, I think. Then he became their employee. And then he became an honorary Dorico. Um, he's a family friend. He's 31. Um, the way they talk about him, he's like a honorary adopted kid. I thought he was in his 20s. He's 31. He's been married for fucking seven years. So he's a grown ass man. A grown ass man. Um, but they talk about him like they found him on the streets and brought him into the family. Uh, there's also another child that is not on the show, but you hear about when you think about the Doricos. That's he's adopted. He's in his twenties. His name is Duran. Um, he's estranged from them. Uh, apparently, uh, they adopted him from foster care. Um, it didn't go well. I'm not sure. I, I it almost feels like Dion adopted him from foster care, and Karen wasn't a part of it. And, you know, he's estranged. Uh, he says the reason he, well, he posts a lot about cutting negative people off his life and all that type of shit. Um, I always want to, I always want underneath those, I always want to say, who we mad at? Because if I post something like that, I'm mad at somebody. I want to know, I, name names, tag them. Tell me what happened. I'm fucking nosy. But, um... He said that in an interview that Dion took out student loans and several credit cards in his name. Not good. Ridiculous. And Dion says in regards to Deron that he feels like he helped raise the devil. Also not good. I wonder what the fuck happened. And then we got Gigi who is 70. She is Dion's mother. Um, she lives in Detroit because that's where they're from. And he came down to, uh, she came down to visit a couple of times. It felt like in the first season. And then she came down to visit in March 2020 and never left. She actually has her own house in Vegas now. Um, we don't really get to see um, Karen's mom or family or anything like that. Dude, there's talk of her grandmother who is very ill in season two during COVID and her trying to get to see her, her grandmother help raise her. I wonder more about her her parents. So like I said, if this is 2007, 2008, this would be my show, right? Because this is when I used to like to watch those type of shows. Um, Liz has pointed out that watching these types of shows on TLC is a lot like family vlogging, right? And I'm not into family vlogging, but she's absolutely right. If I had been a YouTube person... I would have definitely been someone who got into like families like this. In particular, this show, they are black like me. They are good on screen. Dion has a charisma about him. They seem to like each other. They do a lot of scenes where they're just kind of like 
telling jokes with each other and touching each other and stuff. They have um, scenes where they're talking about how some of their kids being ill and having so many kids in general makes it hard for them to spend time together and see each other and, and their relationship. This isn't stuff that's usually talked about on those types of shows. I'm I'm going to keep comparing this to Johnny K plus 8 because to me, they are the gold standard of the shows. Not that they're the best to watch, but that they led their, you know, their, what is it? They're the first cross the finish line. They are, they kind of invented this genre. Or more specifically, TLC producers invented this genre around them. But something to see, like when you watch those old episodes of John and Kate plus eight, John and Kate are not touching each other. John and Kate are not, like every now and then there'll be a Valentine's Day episode or, or especially the beginning, the very, like season one. There's, there's like moments where Kate kisses John, but it's a big showy kiss. It might, she might as well be kissing like a nephew or something, but that's not like the Doricos fuck. By the way, all of their kids are are natural. They were conceived naturally. There is no IVF. They just have multiples, um, that run in each of their family. They knew they were going to have multiples. So when they have those twins, Dallas and Denver, um, you know, uh, they weren't very surprised. It's the quince that were like, uh-oh. Um, so, what else? The, the the show, these people seem to, like, being on TV, it's enjoyable watching them. Um, like I said, they're good on screen. The kids are super happy. The interviews with the kids are, are like, really good. Um, especially the girls from the quince. There are three girls and two boys in the quintuplets. And the three girls are always together, always dressed alike. I believe if we... So, Darren is a girl. Three girls in the quintuplets and two in the last twins. So, they have seven... They have 14 kids. I'm not sure. Um, when he said he was cutting hair, he was cutting eight heads. Maybe he's talking about his own, too. Um, so, I believe they're half and half. I think they have seven girls and seven boys. Um, another thing I want to point out. Uh, Dion got some hips. That is a hippie man, okay? He got some hips. He, this is an old black man, okay? He is not... And he also gives me very much LLC Twitter. I'll, I'll go more than that when we talk about his real estate stuff. He is very much like a... I don't know. He's a very typical character in the black community. Is what I'm trying. Is what I'm trying to say. Oh, another thing that's interesting about them that's different. Karen doesn't cook at all. Like there's a scene when all when everyone has COVID, and Karen is. Dion does most of the cooking. Karen is making dinner, and dinner is chicken nuggets and on a pan, which I understand. I listen. Sometimes my kids have chicken strips on a pan. Okay, that you cook in the pan. Um, a pot of mixed vegetables, which must come out of a bag because vegetables don't, nobody makes those mixed vegetables. You know, with the corn, the, uh, the green beans and the diced carrots, nobody, nobody makes that. That shit comes from a can or bag. 
and some strawberries and a roll and a salad. Like she doesn't cook. She doesn't make meals. Um, in fact, because for a good bit of the end of season one, beginning of season two, they're self-filming. But the nice part about self-filming, like unlike T-Mom or something where they're like holding their phone and shit, what they did was they got Eric, <laughs> the honorary Dorico, to come and he's got a light on the, he's he's filming on a phone, but he's got a light on the bitch. And so they're getting angles. Like there's, it's almost like there's a camera person there. But Dorico's asking the kids who are down there, like mommy's about to cook. And he's like, she doesn't cook awfully. And then they go, they kind of look at the camera like, ruh Like, you said awful. And he said, oh, I meant often, often, often. I didn't mean to say awful. And they're like, uh, she, she's a bad cook. I don't know how. I guess because Dion does the cooking. I, I don't know. Because you, they do eat pizza quite a bit. That's interesting. But for big families like that, eating pizza is expensive. Um, I guess they're going to Little Caesars, maybe? I don't fucking know. No, they're not. They're they're going to Pizza Hut. I remember, I recognize the box and also the breadsticks. Um, but in a family that large, you don't go out to eat. You don't very often. You don't, like, you cook meals because that's how you feed people. Like, obviously, I'm not judging her because she has 14 kids. At the time where this is happening, uh, Gigi... Uh, Dion and the youngest baby, which we'll get to awesome Dawson has, they all have COVID and like, I don't even know how to get through that, but it just seems to me like she is like very uncomfortable in the kitchen. She doesn't cook at all. Um, that's the type of family where you make a huge pot of spaghetti, you know, and you just make it work. That's the type of family where you bake like two fucking casseroles, you know? And the kids are all pretty small at that moment. They're not eating. I mean, they've got seven boys. And I'm going to tell you right now, teenage boys eat like they want to die. Just all remembering all my brothers and cousins growing up, just like eating cereal out of a fucking mixing bowl, constantly fucking hungry. Like them seven boys is going to eat you out of fucking house and home. Um, what else? I've just wrote down a bunch of things I thought was interesting. Oh, what they do for a living. Okay. So Dion is a real estate investor and what he and his partner do is they buy underwater properties and try to flip them for resale or rent them out with tenants and which automatically Makes me think he he's a scammer, and I'm not. I like if you're in real estate and you're legit, great for you. But so many scammers are like, I'm in real estate. Like that is that is like the biggest grift. You know what I mean? And so, what I meant about the LLC Twitter, he is definitely a guy that's like, when you get your stimulus, you need to form an LLC, then apply for a PP loan ppp ppe loan not ppe what the fuck was it called pandemics protection maybe it's ppe loan um then you need to do this uh make sure you get a passport uh put ten thousand dollars in envelopes over the course of a year like that type of shit where a lot of times if you just scratch a little bit underneath it you're like actually you can't get a pandemic loan if you formed a llc two days ago and you don't have any like you don't you don't you didn't do any business. 
actually saving $10,000 by putting $10,000 in the envelope over the over the course of a year means you had to start with 10000 Like, it, shit like that. He's very much that. He asked his kids um, what, like, he's been talking to his kid about financial literacy. I mean, obviously that's great, right? Everyone should have financial literacy. Um, I want to move my kids to this charter school. And one of the, like, I love what they stand for and what they, and, and the way they do things. And, but one of the things is that in high school, as a senior, you have a class called financial literacy and they talk about what it means. They talk about getting loans, credit, working with banks, like what, like they teach them about checks and things like that. And it's not that I'm not going to teach my kids that I'm obviously going to, it's important to me, but the idea that like nobody shows up to college and in two weeks has six credit cards because they were giving out t-shirts. You know what I mean? So I'm not like opposed to that, but like him being like, what are the keys to financial literacy and making these kids quote, like savings, investment, money management. Um, and there's one more, but like, and the kids are like fucking seven. You know what I mean? It's, it's a lot, but you know, he's gotten into trouble with his real estate dealings. In 2014, um, he was charged with uh, fraud because some people claimed that he forged their signatures on quit claim deeds. A quit claim is, I've never seen one, but they are prominent in a lot of the fraud things that I like to, to read and, and look at on TV and stuff. It's basically a sick, you're signing your house over. You sign it and the person takes it to the, down to the, I forget the name of the office where they do the deeds and shit. And uh, now they can own the house. And so that happens like you need one often when you are like we buy houses for cash, that type of stuff. That's what they have you sign. But also in a lot of scams that were happening, especially during um, the housing crisis, is that People will be underwater in their mortgage and someone will be like, I'll help you fix your credit and keep your home. And they have them sign a bunch of paperwork and one of them would be that because they would essentially take your house and claim you can stay in it until your credit gets back, gets better. But then like, I don't know, a month later, some people will be moving into your fucking house because they bought it, you know, like from the guy that you signed it over to. But anyway, um... I'm not surprised that he had these charges at all. This, Like I said, a lot of people who say they're in real estate are really in scamming. Uh, to be honest, though, to be fair, though, he was not convicted of anything. Um, there were two charges that he was found not guilty on everything but two charges, he and his partner. And uh, I guess the DA declined to re-prosecute those charges. And he says the reason this came up is because of his family's high profile. Now, in 2014, he didn't have a show. But he'd been on the Today Show, lots of papers written, lots of things written about them, shit like that because of the fact that they have four sets of multiples in a row. Um, I also want to point out that they are evangelists, right? They're, uh, they're very religious. The reason they have these many kids is because the Bible said be fruitful and multiply. Um, and people in the Bible had hundreds of kids. That's the reason. In fact... One of the reasons they're together is because Dion asked her, Karen, um, how many kids do you want to have? And she said, as many as God will give me. Like, 
they believe in this, all right? But these are the type of evangelists I grew up around, right? When we look at shit like um, uh, 19 Kids and Counting, they're not evangelists. But you understand, like, that type of religious fundamentalism is not familiar to me at all. I'm not really familiar with Mormons. This is not what I grew up around. What I grew up around is evangelist Christian. And obviously because I am, I was, I'm mostly living in the South all my life. But these people who go to church all the time, talk about God all the time. You know, the Lord ain't done with me yet. I, the reason, sometimes when I get on here and I'm talking shit and I'm, I'm quoting churchy type things, it's because I grew up around these type of people. Not because I know what the fuck I'm talking about. There's a scene where the three little girls, the three of the quints are, you know, they all, they do almost all of their, their interviews together. And they're like, you don't play with God. God is powerful. God has superpowers. God can get rid of COVID, eat meat, shit like that. Um, cause they grew up in the church and they, these people go to church every, every, um, Sunday. They believe fundamentalist belie- Christian beliefs about certain things, but all their kid, all their boys have double earrings. And by season two, they have a blonde streak with a zigzag across their head. The little girls, those quints I was talking about, the three little girls from the quintuplets have lipstick on in their, in their talking heads. Now, I'm not saying they're wearing Fenty, okay? It might be tinted like moisturizer. But that's not something that... If I was watching 19 Kids and Counting, they would be wearing, you know? They're, like, they follow a very specific fundamentalism that's very different from evangelical Christians in the black community. Um, they do curse. They curse on screen. The, the mom gets her weave done all the time, gets her hair done. Um, like, I don't know. Yes, they're very churchy. Yes, they're very religious. But in a way that I can that I can relate to because I grew up around people like this. Um, whereas if I'm watching, uh, I've, I'm, their name is slipping in my head. The, the people on 19 kids in County. If I am watching something like that, most of what they are doing is foreign to me. I'm like, why do you do that? What would you do this for? That's very foreign. All the stuff that Dion and Karen do is very familiar to me. I also want to point out, I've made a note here, about their house. Guys, they have 14 kids. They don't live in a big house. Their house is very Vegas. All right, it's got stucco on the outside. I'm not downplaying stucco. My next house will probably be stucco. Um, They've got a zero-scape yard, meaning they um, they don't have grass. It's hard to maintain grass in those types of climates. It's just rocks and the back is paved. Um, it looks very, I, I actually like zero scape yards because you're not wasting water trying to keep that bitch green. Why would you? Um, there's no mowing. It really is just a really nicely done landscape with no greenery in it. Or maybe, maybe there's like a, a, a desert tree or some sort, but never, but not like traditional grass and flowers. The house from just me paying attention to the the episodes, I would not be surprised if that was a four-bedroom house. I really doubt it's even five bedrooms. I would be shocked if it was five bedrooms. Um, But it could be. It's 
It looks like it has three bathrooms. So, it does not have two living spaces. A lot of these bigger houses... Okay, okay so I have five kids, which is too many fucking kids, but... you, I've talked about the reason I have five kids. Go back to some of these other episodes. Why, how I ended up with five kids. Not on purpose. I, I didn't want any kids. But, um... I live in a four-bedroom house with two bathrooms, and my house is too small. If it was upstairs, downstairs, the model that I have, I would have three bathrooms, and I might be able to make it in here. But what I really need is three full bathrooms so that Bunny and the two little ones can share a bathroom, the two older boys can share a bathroom, and Mommy and Daddy can have a bathroom because Daddy is very particular about who shits on his toilet. He gets so upset if he sees one of the kids in her bathroom. And I'm like, there's only two bathrooms here. There are seven people in two bathrooms. You got to live with it. It might be because Mr. Curtis makes shitting in a vent. It might take 30 minutes for him to finish pooping. It might. So that's that's probably why he doesn't want them in there because he wants to be able to poop forever. But my house is too small. And not too small in that it will never work. But that it's just, we need just a smidge more room. Okay, and we definitely need three full baths. And so the next place I'm going to be, I need, I what my hope is, well, what my must have is three bathrooms, five bedrooms, so that my older kids can have their own room. And then I would love to have a second living space. And you know, the, it's a loft, you call it a playroom, you call it a den, whatever, so that my kids can use that as their playroom. That's what that's what I would love to have. And I only have five kids. It looks like they have one living space. They have, it was like, it's very open concept, so they don't really have a dining room or anything like that. They have a big kitchen, big-ish for what they've got going on. Um, a center island, um, a pretty long table, uh, but it's not I, don't, not, I don't think all of them fit there. And they certainly won't be able to fit there after they get to a certain age. And I'm pretty sure it has four bedrooms. It looks like a four-bedroom house. So when I think about that, like, it's so small, and there's so many people in there, that they're doing interviews in the hallways. When they do their interviews with the kids, they're sitting in the hallway. You can tell. Um, so what I'm assuming the, the setup is this. The parents have a bedroom. The three youngest triplets... Because when the season one starts, she's giving birth to them. Um, sleep with mommy and daddy. She's a big breastfeeder proponent. Like she, she, she. What she says is that in the black community, most people breastfeeding is not like super prevalent. And she's right. Um, there are a lot of reasons for that, but one of them is that um, black mothers are more likely to have to go back to fucking work. I know someone who went to work two weeks after giving birth. She had to. She could not afford not to. She could not afford, not that they technically could fire her, but she couldn't afford to lose that job. And she could not, she, she didn't have like paid maternity leave or anything like that. It was just like, when are you coming back? She worked until two days before she gave birth. And then she was back two weeks later. Like that is, now that's extreme, but being a working mother and breastfeeding is really tough. It's doable. They make it hard on you. Um, also, like, culturally, it's just not seen as um, a priority. So, like, 
the reason I'm talking about her, like her breastfeeding, I don't want to say activism, her breastfeeding, um, her promoting breastfeeding and like encouraging and like, uh, giving facts about it and doing talks about it and things like that. She obviously is breastfeeding the, the three youngest and the triplets and, um, they sleep in the room with their, with, uh, the parents. I would guess that they have a girl's room, which has Darian and the three quints in it because the other two girls, well, maybe they have five girls. Hold on. Darian, three quints, two. They have six girls. Maybe they have six girls and eight boys. Okay, whatever. But I would assume that because the two two of the youngest girls are two of the girls are the youngest they're triplets, so I would assume that they have three they have Darian the oldest who's fifteen at this point, um, the Quints which are I believe they're seven, wait are they seven hold on let me just double check there's so many fucking kids yeah the Quints are seven so they got Darian fifteen the Quints three Quints seven. Um, in one room. That's that's probably what they have. And then in the other two bedrooms are boy rooms. And they've got the boys divided up in between them. Um, it's fucking small. They don't have a yard. There's a scene where they're like out playing in the in the grass and shit. And I was like, they're in a park. That's not their that's not their they do uh drone shots of their house all the time, which I wouldn't want anybody to do drone shots of my house on reality TV, but okay. And the yard is postage size stamp. It's very small. There is no, especially during a pandemic, there is nowhere for these fucking kids to go. Nowhere. Um, I'm assuming they're going to get some money from this. And, you know, they're going to, in in next season or something, they're going to be like, welcome to our new house. It's going to be a fucking huge ass place. But as it stands now, they're in a pretty small house. There is no time to be alone. Now they do talk about like one of the, the best parts about having this many kids is you're not alone. That is true. Don't get me wrong, especially during the pandemic. If having an only child during a pandemic where you are like staying at home and you like, it's super fucking hard for them. It really is. But I'm glad I have multiple kids during this time because they really, anything we want to play, we can play. And then I think I also would have got through it just fine with just turtle and cheeks because they are very bonded. They're about the same age and they play together quietly all the time it's kind of it's kind of their thing um so yeah it is great that you always have someone but also you're never alone and being 15 years old and spending all your time with like very young kids is tough you don't have any privacy whatsoever and ideally there's a there's a mix of it Leo I'm here with yeah I'm here with all my family but also if I need a break I can get one easily without having to fight with people about it which we'll talk about it we'll talk about that a little bit more a little bit further down the line so i talked about the house oh let me talk about nap time so they have they're like nap time is tough because some of the kids take naps and most of them don't and then they have little babies that take naps throughout the day and they're like what do we do with the kids while they're doing naps and stuff like that and i'm like dude I have a nap time in my house for my two littles and the older kids don't take naps. But ain't no age limit on naps. You could take a fucking nap. And what I call it is quiet time. People make fun of me all the time. I remember when I put up my pandemic schedule, somebody was like, 
You sure you're going to have quiet time? Yeah, I'm going to have quiet time. I have quiet... In my house, My I have a schedule when the kids are home always. Why? I like schedules. Not because I think I need to be on one. If I didn't like schedules, I wouldn't have one. But I prefer schedules. And also the kids like the consistency. And that afternoon, we eat... I'll probably start... Whoever's making lunch, sometimes the kids make lunch. We'll probably start 11, 15, 11, It'll be done. Everybody be sitting at the table by 12. And 15, 20 minutes later, everyone's eating. And after lunch... Little ones go take a nap. We can, And they know we can have a long nap if you get no mommy's nerves. You can get a short nap if you stay in this fucking bed and don't play with me. They Every time I put Bear Bear, my four-year-old, in there, he goes, I think I'm going to have a short nap today because I'm only going to get out of the bed if I have to go to the bathroom. I don't need to announce it. He says that he goes to the thing. I'm going to lay in my bed. I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to get out and play. I was like, okay. And so they have a nap time. And during this time, it's quiet time. And quiet time means leave mommy the fuck alone. Don't be coming to me asking me for shit. Don't be loud. If I see you, you're, listen, you're not doing quiet time. Quiet time, you can do books in your room. Um, if everybody's getting along and not being assholes, you guys can sit on the couch and watch a movie together. You could do a puzzle at the table. You could draw the table. Um, older kids can go outside by themselves. To the, It depends on which older kids. That's what quiet time is. Leave mommy the fuck alone. And if you can't leave mommy the fuck alone, you arguing, you making a lot of noise, I keep seeing you for some reason, all of that, then you go to nap too. And believe you me, ask my fucking 11-year-old. 11-year-olds can take a fucking nap if you get on my goddamn nerves. Yes, you can. So that's what I would do with these kids. I'd be like, when your siblings are down, it is not quiet time. And I believe quiet time is really important that you spend some time by yourself, centering, that you spend some time out of other people's faces, and also alone time. Bunny gets to be in a room by herself. Sometimes one of the older boys goes in the room by themselves, and then the other one plays with Bunny. Now, here's the other thing. Can you play? Can older kids play together during quiet time? Yes, if you are quiet. If we get into a fight over Mario Golf, well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you you can't play together anymore. Now, go be by yourself. Read a book. Play with your dolls. Do whatever the fuck it is you're going to do. And then if I hear it again, get on in the bed and get ready for your nap. Nap time is important. It is a it is a break. There are 14 kids. And before the pandemic, it looks like they weren't homeschooling either, which is also interesting. It makes them a little different from most of the people we see on this show. You know, homeschooling so they don't have to be in school with uh, people that are different than they are and might tell them about uh, evolution. That that's They weren't doing that. So there is, you know, they've got four-year-olds and stuff. I didn't go to preschool. So there was a time when everyone would leave the house in, in the day. And I bet it was very fucking quiet. But nap time is essential to you keeping, you keeping your sanity and also enforcing bedtime so that you have time alone in the evening to be with your spouse or yourself or to watch something stupid on HBO Max, a show that you hate and no one's forcing you to watch, but you're still watching it. Okay. Yes. You need the time. You need the time to clock the fuck out. That's why it's important to enforce nap time. That's why it's important to enforce bedtime and quiet time. Okay? But they've even talked about they don't always do that. And it's just kids, wall-to-wall kids all the fucking time. The other thing I found interesting, there's a barbershop in the garage. (laughs) Because he has to cut all their hair. Why does he have to cut all their hair? Because... 
just like so i get my boy's hair cut at a barbershop my husband used to do it my husband cuts his own hair like what he'll do is he'll go to a barbershop like every three months but he'll do maintenance in between with his own hair he doesn't have a problem cutting hair the issue is the kids move a lot he hates that he gets really frustrated and it's for boys and it takes them forever and i don't like boys with long hair i just don't is that hair heteronormative of me maybe i just think they look sloppy it, once your hair gets to a certain length, you just look sloppy. And it's just so much better to just get a fucking haircut. So I take my kids to the barbershop. But I my the, they give me a head, kid's head, haircut for $20. I always tip five on the 20 So it's $100 every month, month and, month and a week, something like that. I can afford that. But if I had to cut, he said eight heads. If I had to cut eight heads, that's $200. Boy's hair grows pretty fast. 200 bucks a month and instead he can just like bring the clippers to them are their edge ups crispy no but who needs a four-year-old's edge up to be crispy it don't need to be like that you know what when you get it crispy when you go get your own money and your own job and you pay for your own haircut but um i just thought that was interesting i bet they have a lot more times like that where i like the girl's hair is always braided um, the mother goes to get her hair done, but I would imagine that the mother knows how to braid because what those little kid braid styles, 35, 40 bucks, easy. And it's too many kids for that. But when you have a large family, these are things you must do. Um, actually, so I think that like people think I have a large family cause I know five kids is too many fucking kids. But cause I was talking to my friend about the show and she was like, well, isn't your life like that? Hell fucking no. It's nothing like this. We drive a minivan, not one of those fucking transport buses. When we go to the, whenever they go anywhere, they have this, um, what do they call it? It's a line, it's a, it's a rope that has little handles on it and they have to use it. Like they go to the, um, to the zoo and they have that and they, um, also had some family friends come and also their teacher that sometimes helps out. Um, yeah, like, that, we don't, I don't deal with that. When I go to the park, I park, hit the doors on the van, and they get out and go to the park. I usually follow the two little ones around, and three older ones know that if you can't see me, you're in fucking trouble. If you can't see me, I can't see you, and you're in trouble. That's what I do. I, yeah. When they get in the car... They're, they're very concerned about leaving a child, which I would be too. So they, whenever they go somewhere, they make the kids do sound off, roll call in birth order. They make them line up in birth order. So it's easier to figure out where the kids are. And so they get them all in the car and then they go, do it. And then Darian says her name. Derek says his name. Like that. I don't have to do that. I can look back there. Are all the kids in the car? I do say can everybody raise their hand if they have their seatbelt on so I can, like, not drive the fuck off while my kids are out there raw-dogging it in the back seat? But, but, there's a, I'm just saying, there's a market difference between, I think five kids is a big family, too, to be honest. To having, and I, personally, if I had to, I could do six. And I don't think it would be that big of a fucking deal. It wouldn't be a, it wouldn't change anything here. I actually sometimes wish we had six so we could have an even number because I've talked about this before. When you have, in my experience of 
fostering stuff when you have an even number of kids it changes a lot of things it makes things easier to do um my sweet spot personally is four kids because if four kids everything just works but um i i could do six easily not standing on my fucking head when you have this many kids adding one more doesn't one kid when you first have your first kid is a big fucking deal at two it's like having 20 kids okay once you get to three and four it's whatever like i said when people want me to wash their kids i'll be like i don't care come over throw them kids in the back it works doing whatever before the pandemic i would be making dinner and sometimes there'd be extra kids and i'd be like oh who's that oh that's so-and-so from down the street do you want dinner you want to eat okay come on like it was not a big deal but there is a marked difference between five and six kids and fucking 14 with all of them being so young. There's a big difference. So many multiples because that it's not like she has a 15 year old, a 14, 13, 12, 11. It's not like that. She has a 15 year old, a 10 year old, seven, four, just born. Th- those are, it's a lot. Um, so when she said that, I was like, this is, my life is nothing like this. My life is nothing like this. I did not serve. The dad was makes baked chicken and like uh, dirty rice a lot. Like I don't have to make big pot meals like that all the time. I actually can make individual like my kids can go out to eat. I took them to Cheesecake Factory last Friday. They never been. That was mostly for me because for my birthday, I could not take my kids out because my 11 year old was coughing and I'm not taking my kids places sick. I don't I, I just. I don't like doing that. I, I know people do that sometimes, but I don't like doing that. But he's feeling so much better now. He's not coughing. Um, the it's run through the summer cold is run through the house, but like everyone else had like just a little sniffle. It, they're fine. Um, but I took him to Cheesecake Factory because my husband was out of town, and we never got to go for my birthday. So I took him there, and they never been, and they had a great time. I spent a lot of money. It's fine. It's it's what I would expect. It's not as much money as you thought I spent, but. Because they did eat off the kids' meat. But I, we had a great time. I had an appetizer. Everybody got a meal. They were, like, astounded by how much food they had. I was like, yeah, there's too much food here. And then we ordered three cheesecake pieces and shared. And, like, we would take a couple of bites and then go switch and then move the cheesecake to the next. So everyone had a bunch. Everyone had some of all the cheesecake. That was all. But, like, the Doritos don't go to Cheesecake Factory. Um... Small things like, even just like, I can afford to send my kids to summer day camp with a discount, but I can afford to do it. I don't think she could afford to, she, they could afford to do that. Um, they're home all fucking summer. There, I'm just saying, there's a big difference between those people. Uh, I do think I have a large family, but I don't think I have, it's, it's so different from that. You know, just like, just like what it costs in clothes alone, you know? And I know they can do a lot of hand-me-down stuff, but that takes coordination. You have to be very organized to do stuff like that. Um, when they were going to school, I saw that they were in school uniforms. School uniforms aren't free. Think about moving my kids to a year-round charter school. Don't tell them I want to. I don't want them to, to Menendez me. Because <laughs> I would have. Maybe I wouldn't have. I liked school. But my brothers would have definitely shot my parents if they moved them to a year-round school. But... I was, I'm like looking into it and thinking about it. And, um, they, 
they um they require uniforms. And my kids go to a school with uniforms now, but it's a different uniform. It's a very specific uniform. And you have to buy the uniform. You have to buy it's khakis, no black no it's it's tan khakis. No blue khakis, black khakis, none of that. Tan khakis, which they already have. But then the shirt's very specific and it's between eighteen and twenty dollars each this shirt so if i want to buy my kids five shirts right so you can get through the whole school day school week without me having to do that laundry because i do my kids laundry on the weekends i do each room's laundry separately because they fold their own clothes so i go to the big boys i do their laundry i then return the clean clothes to their room in the basket and then they fold it together decide whose clothes is whose because they're very close in age but one's super tall and bunnies is alone and then the two little ones they also help me fold clothes because i'm not gonna be the only one fucking folding clothes but um so to everyone would need five at least five shirts and i probably want more than that just in case something happens five hundred dollars it's gonna be about five hundred dollars for me to get five kids about five so okay like this it's not the thing is with food, you definitely can make plans. You can meal plan. You can cook big. My husband grew up with so many siblings. He has seven siblings and he's used to that. That's the way he likes to cook anyway. But uh, you, there are ways you can save money if you are like careful about it. Really careful about money. Um, with the cooking, with the clothes are an issue. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they like, I just, I, it costs a lot of money. I, there, the, the and they do emphasize that they can financially take care of all the kids they have. And now I'm going to contradict myself. Because I'm about to tell you that as much as ha- having kids is expensive because it's having a whole nother motherfucker besides yourself. It is obviously entirely more expensive than having one person. The thing, the most expensive thing about kids is childcare. By the time they're 12, 13 years old, significant decline in that. Um, but you don't, it doesn't have, like, you choose how expensive it's going to be. They can have name brand clothes and name brand shoes and be flossing all the fucking time and get their hair done all the time at the salon. They can, you absolutely can live life that way. And it's not, there's no problem with that. And especially if you only have one or two kids that it can be expensive, but if you can afford it, so what? But... In a family like this, you cook in batches. You get them all the same shoe when it's on sale from Target. You, maybe not even Target. Maybe it's, uh, Target might be a little expensive. Um, by the way, they just had, I don't know if they're still doing it. They just had to buy one, get one off, Cat and Jack shoes at Target. And I definitely took advantage of it. But, uh, you, when there's a sale at a Payless, not that, I want to say Payless, but, or a Pick and Pay. You, you go there. When there are sales on clothes, you definitely take advantage of that. You preserve clothes really well. And you are organized about clothes. When I was fostering, I would have boxes in, in the attic that said, girls, uh, size 6, 7. Boys, size 10. Like that. So that I could just be like, if I get a new foster kid in and they don't have clothes, a lot of times it really depends on whether or not they're going to offer you a stipend to go get them clothes. And the stipend is not very much, by the way. So it's like $100, which I can do something with $100, but still. 
if you work smartly, what you do is you have clothes that you already saved and you pass them over as opposed to, as opposed to going out and spending like $400 on kid shit. Because the thing is they might be gone in a week. Your sti- your the stipend you get for fostering will not cover if you do that shit over and over again. You'll be in the hole most of the time. And while I don't think of fostering as a way to like to make money, there is a way to manage that fostering stipend so that it's there for a rainy day. Like if that kid breaks out a window in your house, that's up to you to clean it, to me to to fix it, and you have to like that. And also, like just being careful about things. So yeah, I bet they have some sort of system like that where they do hand-me-downs. Um, they do not go bowling. They don't go to main event or Dave and Buster's. Uh, they do a lot of like home stuff. The gas in that fucking transport van costs a billion dollars. Like the, it is possible to raise kids on a shoestring budget. Whether it's ethical is another question, right? I'm not I'm not going to say that being poor is a moral like failure. I don't believe that at all. But if you have enough bandwidth and budget to raise four kids and instead you raise 14, is that ethical? The other question is, is it ethical? You know, we'll get to her. We'll get to Darian. But yeah, oh also, I want to talk about the nanny search. So in the first season, they have a nanny search, which is obviously producer driven because people show up and say things like 14 kids. Why would you be interviewing a nanny that doesn't know how many kids you have? That's ridiculous. Um, they had them twerk. And so, oh, that's another thing. They're, they're evangelist. I'm having such a hard time with that word. They're super hardcore Christians, but they want to, they like to twerk. The kids like to twerk and dance and stuff. Um, um, you're asking a nanny to twerk for you. Shit like that. This was that was for the fucking show. I I do understand that they have a hard time without. They do they get a nanny. They they go they looking for a nanny again in the second season. Um, without explaining that you know this first nanny didn't work. Like like on this the second the first or second day they had her. They were like let's do a test if you can name all the kids in birth order. Why would she be able to do that? You're barely able to do that. I bet Gigi can't do it. But anyway, um, they, I understand. So again, this is a very black thing and I'm, we're not a monolith. So please, I know a lot of times I'm like, black people do this, black people do that. It's not a hundred percent everywhere, but as a culture, the predominant thing is that we don't have nannies. We don't have outside help. Daycare, sure. They go, kids go to school, yeah. YMCA after school care, if you have to, yeah. But if at all possible, your kids don't, and a lot of people, and a lot of people, black people, if they do not send their kids to daycare at all, because they don't believe in sending kids that can't talk to go somewhere so that you don't know what the fuck happened. They can't tell you if something's happening to them. But culturally, It's not unusual for us to try to keep childcare amongst family, right? So when I lived in New York, I watched my, I watched my in-laws kids all the fucking time, sometimes for days at a time, because that's the way you do it. You, instead of being like, especially if they had kids, I didn't have time, especially if someone has kids, it's better to drop your kids off at your cousin's house for the night than it is to hire a babysitter. 
it feels safer. It is not safer, I'll tell you that. Most predators operate within families. Most people who are abused in any way, physically, uh, sexually, all the abuse ways, it happens from someone you know very care closely, a family member or a friend of the family. These things happen at home. But that's not how it feels. And as someone who worries all the time about my kids too, I it's hard for me to get childcare. I do have a babysitter I can do one-offs with. I need to find maybe two more people that I can depend on too. The problem is, for me, I don't want anybody in my house. I don't like visitors. I don't like people in my space. My kids don't count. Even foster kids don't count. Foster social workers count, yes. But, they're, but we schedule that. And it's once a month. Having another person in my home on a regular basis is tough for me. That's a personal thing. But also, like, it's not uncommon for you to talk to a black person and they weren't really allowed to spend the night at people's houses when they were younger. Like, maybe a cousin's house. But there's no way you're going to meet some little girl at school and then spend a night in her house. It's really not a thing. Like, they can, they might even let you have sleepovers at your house, but not... It's just culturally. It's just really hard. I, I've heard immigrants talk about this, too, that being like, that, like, um, um, assimilating into American culture was hard because of things like sleepover and stuff. And they'd be like, we, we're not allowed to go spend a night in someone's house. And I don't know. It's, it's, I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying I understand why it's hard for them to just hire someone and have someone on staff on that can come and help. They need more help than they have. They depend a lot on their oldest daughter. They depend a lot on Gigi, grandma. They depend a lot on this Eric Wild, this Eric weird ass guy that's around. And if they could just, and these people are not professional caretakers, so they got other shit to fucking do. But if they could just hire someone whose job is to come and do it, there would be less drama with them. But it's tough for them. Um, but those scenes where they're like, talking about the nanny and shit they they need to stop that's those were pure fucking fiction oh and dion claims to have ocd and i'm like he absolutely does not have ocd again remember casually people will say oh i have ocd meaning they just like things neat and clean and that's not what ocd is ocd has compulsions it has rituals it is an, an anxiety disorder um people who actually have ocd are tortured okay it is so hard to have ocd to have all these things that must happen and if you don't do them then you have to punish yourself um these things that logically we know like that is not true um he doesn't have ocd he just likes things neat which i can understand i like things neat too but you're telling me that you're a neat freak which is i think is a better term for what he is and then in the second season you just go get a fucking dog named coco who's not who's not house trained Hmm. At one point, they bring Coco in the house and put a diaper on her. You had a house trained a dog. And if you bring her in the house and she's not house trained, the way they talked about bringing her house was a big deal. You live in Vegas and that dog is outside all the time? That is inhumane. Where's the fucking dog if he's not in the house with you, with the air conditioning? Anyway. So you saying you're a neat freak and you got... They said they were, 
between the three youngest, the four-year-olds. They only have two four-year-olds, by the way, because remember, one of them died. So they have two four-year-olds. They have three young, three baby babies. That's five kids in diapers and pull-ups. And four, what, when she said that, what she meant is like my four-year-old. My four-year-old is potty trained, right? But at night, he's still not old. He's still not big enough to like get through the entire night without ever having it. Like, like you can count on it. Like you could bet money on it. Like sometimes he does. Sometimes he doesn't. And so her four-year-old still wear pull-ups sometimes. Bro. So you do that. And then also, when he was cooking one time, he's on the the uh, kitchen island stirring and cooking and all this shit. He's got all these kids, like, looking down and peeping at the stirring and, and talking to him and stuff. One of the kids is sitting on the damn island with their bare feet on the island. That, you don't have OCD. First of all, OCD is not about cleaning. It doesn't have to be. It can be. It's not about that. And, but I don't even think you're a neat freak, to be completely fucking honest. I don't think you are. Because what is, you can't put your feet on a kitchen counter. Like, how are we going to cook on this if your feet have been on here? I do appreciate that he, um, that he uh, told one of the girls was scratching her head. And he, and she, he was like, oh, now you got to wash your hands. You cannot put your hands in your hair and then also... Um, and then also cook, help cooking because I've been in professional ass kitchens where I have to tell people that you cannot do that. Even when my kids get the, the dishes out of the dishwasher, I'll like, I'll look over there and they're like holding a dish to their shirt and I'll be like, all right, put it in the sink because you cannot, you rubbing this dish all to your fucking shirt. That's not clean now. Put it in the sink. We got to wash it again. Um, but I, he's just not, he does say the word feces a lot. He's talking about the dog feces. And when they were at the park, there was feces. He says that a lot. But I don't know, man. He doesn't seem like a neat freak to me. He really doesn't. He doesn't seem like a clean freak. Also, let me go back to that house. Because he's in real estate. I'm pretty sure he did everything to that fucking house. Because their living room was painted red. Their parts of their kitchen are green. The carpet had a big ripple in it. It was doo-doo brown carpet, and it had a ripple in it. So I'm like, that is that a rug? But it was carpet. So who put this carpet down? Carpet doesn't have a ripple in it. Felt like he got a remnant from somewhere and just laid it down. I don't know. Their, their house is hodgepodge in a lot of ways. I'm not that everybody has to be like on fucking HGTV. I'm not saying that. But when they constantly talk about how, um, you know... We wouldn't have these kids, this many kids, if we couldn't take care of them financially. I'm like, what are your finances? I'd love to see his taxes. No, I don't want to see his taxes. Let me see his bank account. Because people lie on taxes. What, what's his bank account say? Um, oh, there's a part where the twins, Denver and Dallas, are twinning. And that means they prefer each other to other people. They have their backs, each other's back. They're talking about it in a confessional together. They do their confessionals together. They're talking about it in a confessional together. And they each say it's a twin thing. Unprompted together. Um, but the parents don't like this. They you cannot, they're like, you can't just be bonded to your multiple. You having a whole family here. First of all, it is incredibly hard to be bonded to fucking 16 people. 
Not in a state. You're not going to have the same relationship. You're not going to, it's, it's not, it's not possible. The more people involved, the, the less likely you're going to have like this tight, tight relationship. But also you dress them all alike. Um, the Darian and Derek do not get dressed alike, but, um, all the rest of the kids get dressed exactly alike. And, and then you accuse him of twinning, showing bias to his twin. I don't even know which kid they were talking to. It was either Dallas or Denver. I don't know which one, but they're like, you can't show bias to your twin. You can't prefer that your twin over these other siblings. Why not? This motherfucker was inside your uterus with me. We have been together since conception. Nobody but multiples knows what that feels like. And I'm not saying it's a conscious feeling. I'm not saying they're like, well, you know, when we was conceived. I'm not saying that. But you know how I always say I was born alone and I'll die alone? Multiples can't say that. They were conceived together. They spent almost a year inside their mother's body, packed in like peanuts together. Sometimes I, it's, all the pictures I've seen have been like head to foot. I, I've never seen um, in utero pictures of multiples where they're like, I don't know, standing next to each other, linking hands. But like, that's a very intimate thing. And then you guys are both babies at the same time. And in that house, babies are like in mom's house, in mom's room and getting breastfed. Like, why wouldn't he prefer his twin? I don't know. I thought that was really weird. Um... If it were me, I could totally see myself being like, I don't want the twins to, I don't want the multiple, the sets of multiples to only do things with the multiples all the time. I definitely would break groups up. And even here, I have two sibling sets adopted. I break those groups up all the time and move them around and two here and three there and, and two and two and one. Like I do things like that all the fucking time because I don't want to show bias in terms of like, I don't ever want it to be like, you like that sibling group better. I don't want it to be like that. So I make sure I break them up. That said, they're biologically related. I don't know how biologically related. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, DNA mysteries around this piece. But they all have the same mother. We know that. Uh, the sibling sets each have the same mother. But, yo, like, I, I don't understand why they call him they they call him out and say you got to stop twinning. What does that mean? By the way, they call the the uh Dior and Diaz. The I can't believe I know these fucking kids names. <laughs> I just started watching this yesterday. <laughs> um Dior and Diaz, the the ones that were triplets at birth and one of their triplets died. They call them triplets. Triplets it's a combination of triplets and twins to honor the fact that they are a set of triplets. They are. Um, I would wonder what that's like to supposedly be a set of triplets and you end up a set of twins and have the specter of your other triplet dying before you guys ba- almost immediately and what that does to their to the family to to their relationship to their family and what that does to their relationship to each other i would be curious about that i'd love to talk to someone like that just and not because i'm like well this is well it has to be this i don't have any like expectations just to 
just to like hear about their perspective of things. Um, also, the kids love to sing, dance, and rap, and it's incredibly hard for me. Like their kids love to sing and dance, and although I love a bad bitch baby, all right, I love sassy babies and sassy little kids on TikTok and on Twitter. I don't necessarily. It's embarrassing. I it's a cringe factor, and that's I know that's in me. I could die of secondhand embarrassment. So when they're doing raps and stuff, I'm like, oh my god. Because here's the thing: it feels try hard. It feels like you told, like you taught them how to do that rap, and then said, now when this happens, you do the rap. Don't you? Like I don't know. It just it's too much. But as a rule, the kids are very nice. They're well behaved. They're they're fairly well behaved for that many fucking kids anywhere. That said, I have five kids. I know those kids aren't well behaved all the time. I know you have to yell at them sometimes. I know you probably yell at them more than you want to. And sometimes you yell at them and you're like, God, why are you fucking yelling right now? Just calm down. Like, chill. <laughs> you know? Like, or but that they fight with each other. They scream. They run down the hallway. They're constantly telling, getting hurt. And then coming to show you a non-existent boo-boo. And then, like, telling on each other. Yeah, I know it's chaos in that house. But they do a good job of not showing it when the cameras are there. Um, I want to talk about Gigi here for a minute. So Gigi's 70 years old. She's Dion's uh, mother. She comes to visit a couple of times. It feels like in the first season, especially when Karen's in, I almost said prison. When Karen, that's my other show, Mob Wives. When Karen is in um, the hospital with the latest triplets and to help out. And she has a special bond with the oldest daughter. Um, she says she feels like she only had two sons. She feels like the oldest daughter was the daughter that she never had coming through as a granddaughter. And they're very close. They do things alone a lot. And I like her because she is the one that was like, being the oldest of 14 kids is tough. You guys depend on her a lot and you depend on her more than you think you do. And also, because, like, a lot of them have compromised immunities because, you know, um, born early, premature. And so, like, they can't, even before COVID, they couldn't go in and out, right, all the time. And, like, so she can't hang out with her friends. Now, we're at a basketball game for Derek, okay? But she wants to go see her friend and she can't do it. And now you sat there, you had all these conversations about how it's important that the kids have individual activities and they go to swim class and they blah, 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 And it's important that they have that. Um, we'll see how long that fucking lasts. You've still got seven and four-year-olds. We'll see how long it lasts. But um, we're going to Derek's basketball practice and Derek's basketball game several times. But... Darian can't go hang out at her friend's house. And I found that to be ridiculous. She is, and it's part of when I talk about the ethics of very large families. If you are at a point where older kids are crucial to your child care, like you can't raise these kids without the oldest ones helping you, you have entered unethical territory. There is, and I'm not saying like, I'm not saying if you had a single mom and you were 14 and then you had a brother who was seven and one who was sick and your mom six and your mom you had to come home from school and take care of them till your mom got home from work and your mom's a piece of shit. I'm not saying that. 
Older kids should help out. I ask my kids to help out in this family all the time. We are part of this family. You're going to do chores. I, like, in during school, I often pick out clothes for the little ones. And in the morning when I'm, like, giving out medicine or handing out their stuff, I'll send one of the older kids to get the little ones dressed. I'll be like, the clothes are on the thing. Can you please supervise them, like, putting on their clothes? Or maybe at night when it's time to go to bed, um, all my older kids brush their teeth when they go take a shower. So by the time it's bedtime, they've already brushed their teeth. But... I will say, can some, can, I'll ask one of the other, Bunny, can you please take um, Monkey and Bear Bear into the bathroom and brush their teeth for them? Help them brush their teeth. I mean, they know how, but like supervise, make sure they don't put fucking toothpaste on the, on the fucking ceiling. Like that is, those are normal type of things you ask of, of your kids to help out with your family. She should not be your main go-to and she should be able to hang out with her friends. And if she had a crush, Okay. And they were like, you can't see him. You can only be friends with him. I don't understand what, I guess I'm I'm a pretty conservative parent when it comes to a lot of things. I guess I'm pretty mean with my kids. (laughs) A friend was asking me like, how do you talk to someone who continues to do the something to you over and over again? And sorry, isn't good enough. And I was like, I tell my kids all the time, I don't want sorries. I want to change your behavior. And if you didn't change your behavior, you're, you're telling me you're not sorry. And then when I read that, I was like, oh, that sounds mean. But I just have expectations for them. And I pick my battles. And when I pick my battles, I mean it. I pick the thing that is important to me. A lot of times, I don't know, people expect you to have a lot of resentment to your kids. And I don't have resentment to my kids. If there is something I would resent, I put a boundary so it doesn't happen. Like, I don't like my car dirty, so you can't eat my car. I don't care. I don't care if I have to pull over to the side of the road and you eat on the side of the road. You cannot eat in my car. And I'll keep that boundary so I don't have to be resentful. I don't let kids touch my phone. You can't have my phone. You can't have my phone because you're going to break my phone. And then when you break my phone, I'll be mad at you. So instead of me being mad at you for breaking my fucking phone, you can't touch my phone. Don't ever touch my phone. And so I keep those boundaries so I don't have to be resentful. But I make sure they get on my fucking nerves. They get on my nerves, but so does my husband. My mama gets on my fucking nerves all the time. Y'all get on my nerves. Twitter gets on my nerves. Everybody gets on my, people at my job get on my nerves. If I got, if I didn't have, if I got rid of everybody who got on my fucking nerves, I'd be alone in this world. And it might be good. It might be something I'm looking into. But, like, I don't have resentments for them or anything like that. And why am I talking about this? I don't know. But I'm talking about the, the I was talking about what, how is it ethical to have this many kids and it can be when you can support all of them, okay? When you have a community or a family in which everyone can get FaceTime with people and get individual care and that the older kids are not forced to be parents to younger kids. Nobody at 14, 15 year olds should be parenting. That if that is the if that is the setup, the setup is wrong. And so when Gigi is like, she takes Darian to get her nails done. Sometimes she has Darian and Derek over her house alone. And she goes to the, the father and says, Darian needs to have space where she is by herself with people her own age sometimes. She should not be playing with seven-year-olds all day, all the time. Asking Darian to do her part for her family is fine. Asking Darian to be a third parent is wrong. And... Like, you know, they kind of fight. He was like, where is this coming from? And Gigi was like, me. It's coming from me. I say it's wrong. And 
you know, they, they all seem, Karen and Dion seem like real fucking shocked by this. They were like, what? Darian doesn't want to hang out with 13 younger siblings all the time. What? Oh, I remember where I was going. I'm a mean parent. And that, like, I can be pretty conservative about, like, I, my kids say, yes, ma'am, no, no, ma'am. My kids do not call adults by their first names. I just, it doesn't sound right to me. Um, I don't like it. I just don't. If they ask you to call them by the first name, go ahead. Like, if someone says, no, please call me Andrea, then go ahead and do that. But do not walk up to an adult and just be like, what's up, Andrea? <laughs> like, that's not how you speak to adults. My kids do chores. My kids, um, we're in the last two weeks before summer. And we had an agreement that they read every day throughout summer. But as we ramp up in the summer into school, I've, I every morning I ask them to do um, a little schoolwork. And that's just to get them back in the groove. They're doing math. They're doing addition, subtraction, multiplication. And then they do like kind of um, some spelling stuff where they're doing like, where they're, it's just some worksheets. It's It shouldn't take too long. They do it in the mornings. They should be done by lunch. That's strict. I know I'm a strict parent. I don't let my kids go a bunch of places. I, my kids don't have a lot of electronics. They don't get an iPad to their tin. They don't get a phone till they leave elementary school. I know I'm strict. But in terms of Darian being, at the time I think she was 14, being 14, having a crush on a guy and not being able to spend time with him, I think is... I mean, he's not 25, is he? Like, I don't know the details. But as long as he's an age-appropriate child, along with Darian, I don't see what the problem is with that. I don't see what the use of is me telling you, Darian, you have a crush on a boy. Okay, well, you can just be friends with him. You're not allowed to be, you're not allowed to, like, ever go to little movies with him or have him over or hold his hand. I don't see what the purpose of that is. You know, like... Wouldn't you want her to start dating when she's at home and like you can impose restrictions about things and you can have open conversations, hopefully, if you if you talk openly with your kids about things where you can guide them. Like the whole point of being a parent is to be the net that you go wherever you need to. You do anything you want to in this world and I will be a net for you. If you fall, I will fucking catch you. That's what you're supposed to do. So all these things that you're saying she can't do until she's fucking like 18 years old. 18, she's an adult. So did you help her like navigate relationships and understand what a good relationship looks like and what doesn't? Like you can't do that if you won't let her do any of those things. I really felt I like I love that Gigi went up to bat for her. The other thing I love about and they do they were going to send uh, Darian to summer camp by herself, which she was going to love, but COVID hit. Um, and Darian was so sweet about it. She's like, there's nothing I can do about it, so no point in getting upset. I was like, she's such a sweet kid. Like, I want her to make sure that she gets activities, that she gets to do things that's hard in pandemic, that she gets to see her friends. Like, I don't know if they sent the kids back to school during COVID, and because I haven't gotten to an episode like that yet. But I would absolutely keep those younger kids at home because I can't trust them to be mass compliant or I can trust them least to be mass compliant and to not be stand, like rolling all over other kids and shit like that. But Darian at 15, I believe I can trust her. Like if she, if I explain to her the danger of her being, of what happens, well, maybe not because they have um, 
And I'll get to the, they have compromised immunities in the house, so maybe not. But without that wrinkle, I would probably send Darian back to school because Darian needs the time. Um, I'll, the other reason I like Gigi is because, so in season two, they thought they were pregnant. Actually, they were pregnant, but the sack didn't have any, anything in it. They, uh, they kept saying they don't want to call it a miscarriage, but I guess it was a miscarriage, but, um, and when he told her, when De- Dion told Gigi, she was like, what? Uh, uh, and I was like, good for you, Gigi, because the wisdom of having more children is ridiculous. Okay. And at that point they had Dawson who was, I'm going to call her medically fragile. And then they have Diaz who's got to get skull surgery and you got 14 kids and you want to have another baby. What is wrong with you? And Gigi brought it up. She, he's like, didn't you tell? Dion was like, didn't I told you I wanted to have as many kids? And she was like, I thought I never thought she was gonna have more than ten kids. I really didn't think he was gonna have more than ten kids. I thought you were gonna, which ten kids is a lot of fucking kids. But I see what she's saying. She never. This is a lot, and she helps out a lot. Um, when they first started, and she was visiting from Detroit, I was like, why didn't she live in Vegas? What's in Detroit for her? But, you know, she got there with the with COVID and she got her own house and she's around a lot and she helps out. But is Gigi supposed to be raising kids at 70? No, the fuck she isn't. Feeding those twins at the time they're like a year old, feeding those twins when they're supposed to eat is hard. Wrangling those seven-year-old quints is hard. Like, and obviously as a Gigi, like when I'm a grandmother, I want to be called lovey. And as a grandmother... I'm going to act just the way my mom does. I'm always going to be lawyering for these fucking kids. I'm going to be like, he didn't do it. If the glove don't fit, you must have quit. Let him out of grounding. And and I'm going to send them things and I'm going to take them places and I'm going to argue for them and be like, what? Your mom did what? I'm going to talk to her. Like, I'm going to be that type of grandparent. Um, I already know I am because my niece who I used to foster is back. She now lives back with her family. And anytime... Like, I'm definitely, I get a picture of my niece in the front seat of the car. She's 10 years old. And I definitely call right away and go, guess what? She can't ride in the front seat of the car. And when she's on punishment, I'm like, what did she do? She definitely didn't do that. No, I wasn't there, but I know she, but I know she wouldn't do that. She was framed. When she was in a spelling, (laughs) I thought she was a little baby when she was three, four years old. And then again, when she was seven, eight years old. And she was in a spelling bee when she was like maybe six and I was still on Facebook and she had won second place. And why did I get on that Facebook post that had other parents on it and say that the, the, the kid who won cheated? I wasn't there, but I know she cheated because my niece is the smartest. So if this kid is saying they're smarter, they spell better, they're a liar, they should be checked for steroids. Like, that's, I already know that's the type of grandmother I'm going to be. And that if something happens at your house, you can definitely call me in the middle of the night and I'll, and you need to go to the hospital. Okay, I'm coming. I'll come get the kids. Oh, do you need, you can drop the kids at my house for the weekend? Sure. Yes, I will be at their recital. But am I going to be 70 years old raising fucking kids? Like, like every day in the trenches? Fuck no, I did my time. And Gigi did hers too. And they're like, well, you don't have to help if you don't want to. And Gigi's like, there's no fucking way. I mean, she didn't say fucking, but there's no way I will be sitting here 
and watching you guys struggle to do things with the kids and just sit here. I'm not doing that. And I just thought it was so... I just thought her talking to them being like, it's too many kids. You can barely handle what you have. You don't even have help at this point. You just have me and Darian. At the time this was happening was COVID. We're in a fucking pandemic. Um, you have a medically fragile, the youngest is med, well, she's not the youngest because technically, the, I think the other two triplets are younger than her. But one of your youngest ones is medically fragile at this point. You've, you're going to have to get a skull surgery on Diaz. You live in this little bitty ass fucking house. No. And they took offense to that. Karen left the room. But Dion was like, I get this every day from people on the street, but they're not in here. Their perception is not in here. And getting this from you, you I just want you to say you're happy for me. And I'm and Jesus was like, I can't say that. No, we can't say that, Dion. What's the fucking plan, bro? And you know, later she was like, um, Later, she was like, basically, she's saying that she shouldn't have said anything, which I agree. Listen, I agree with her sentiments. And I also agree that when somebody who has too many fucking kids is pregnant, my sister-in-law has a lot of kids. She can't really take care of them. And she called my husband and told him she was pregnant. And he said, what for? (laughs) To the phone. I was like, that is not what you fucking say. The deed is done. The deed is done. She's pregnant. And... A lot of things are none of your business. And I understand Gigi's the grandmother and I understand she helps out. So it is kind of her business. But also when someone tells you they might be pregnant, you going, no, no, never is not the response. (laughs) And so, yeah, she said she felt like she wished she hadn't said anything um, because it is his life. And they were talking about because he's cutting her hair. I guess he used to be a barber, too. I mean, it feels like he has a lot of jobs. I think he has a restaurant. He cooks all the time. It may, why do I feel like he has a restaurant? But um, he's cutting Gigi's hair, like doing her, like edging up her kitchen. And because Gigi got a nice little cut with a little blonde. She got black hair and like a little asymmetric haircut um, with a little blonde streak in the bitch. Gigi, first of all, Gigi looks great for 70. Um, and she's just, you know, she's a glam mom. Which I hate, but still, that's what I've described her at. And so he's back there, like doing that. And she, he's like, in the Bible, it says to be fruitful and multiply. To have they have hundreds of kids in the Bible. And Gigi was like, that's Old Testament. That's Old Testament. It's twenty twenty one. I was like, yes, Gigi, tell him. And he said that he feels like she's infringing on what he wants to do, and he doesn't infringe on what people other people want to do. And I'm like, sure. But you can't get it done without Gigi. And she still has a special thing in her heart. Being an oldest girl of 14 kids is fucking hard. And she and Gigi's worried about Darian. The next youngest sibling is five years younger and a boy. And do you, how much do you think Derek has to do around there? Ain't nothing. You can't see my face, but nothing. And so, so, like, I love that Gigi brought that to him. Also, I enjoyed... I don't know. I just thought I was going to be... Again, a John and K plus eight type thing where a lot of things are swept under the rug. I enjoy that they had these arguments on screen and not arguments. They weren't like fighting with each other, but these things and Dion was getting upset and he was like, if this was anybody but my mother, I would be, there would be a problem right now. And, but he says her voice holds power. 
too. And I was like, yeah, because it's your mother. And also she is a part of your community, your village that you're raising these kids in. It is unethical to be raising all these kids without a support network. And forcing the older kids to become the support network. But, you know, that pregnancy didn't come to fruition. Not that, I mean, they're going to keep trying to get pregnant because that's what they want to do. I believe Karen's 41. And so I would love to see the end of her fertility. I don't usually say that about people. But I just think we got enough. And you got enough on your, you got enough. So just focus on this. Focus on making their lives the best they can possibly be. Um, There was a COVID storyline. I talked to you. So like I said, Gigi came in March 2020. She got stuck there. She couldn't go back to Detroit. Um, Dawson is there. And I'm gonna next. I'm gonna talk about Dawson, but Dawson is just home from the hospital. She's been in ICU for or maybe NICU um, for six months. That's a long fucking time to be in the hospital, guys. And she's there, or maybe it wasn't right after she got back from the hospital. She might be 11 months at this point. I'm getting the timeline confused. Um, she wakes up, vomits is lethargic, will not make eye contact. I mean, I part of me was like, how do you know when a baby's lethargic? Mostly because I don't have that much experience with babies. But I understand what she's saying. The baby, like normally, the baby looks at you, focuses on you and stuff. She wasn't doing that. She ends up taking uh, Dawson to the hospital. Dawson tests positive for COVID. Only person that's going out this time is Dion. He goes to the store and they have to go to multiple stores, by the way, because remember at the beginning of COVID, they, you couldn't buy more than a few of something. It looks like hoarding. So he has to go to one store buy, and he has this huge family and Gigi's there too. She has to go, he has to go to one store, buy five of one thing and go to another store, buy five. Like it's a process to go to the store and not just like how it was a process for all of us at that time. It was a big process. Um, and she was just like, Karen was just showing like when it comes to formula, because although she is a breastfeeding advocate, you know, you can, your milk dries up, uh, you only have so much. So the kids also have formula. Um, she's like, I like to have a case of formula for each child. Like that's like when I'm full up, that's what I like to have. And you know, he's going from store to store getting shed. Um, you know, I, He's the only one who goes out. When he comes in, he washes his hands. He's wearing, he's wearing, he's masked up. He's gloved up. He comes in, he washes everything and stuff. But, you know, Dawson had COVID. And the doctors told him to assume all of them have COVID. So this medically little fragile little baby has COVID now. Then, so the other kids don't really show symptoms. Like one of them had a fever one night. A couple of them had a fever one night, but that was it. But... Gigi goes down hard. She's 70 years old. She's a cancer survivor. There's a lot of footage of her laying in a bed and quarantine in a room by herself. Um, I don't know how they did that when I don't think they have that much room in their house, but whatever. And then Dion gets sick. So now he's quarantined in a room. And, well, quarantine shouldn't be the word for it. But Karen's going in and out. Right? She's masked up and stuff when she's going out to take care of him. Um, but none of the kids can be in there. And also, so their dad is a real estate investor, which means that he barely works. 
I'm joking. But he's there a lot. He's around them a lot. He's over there teaching them the principles of finance and shit and cutting hair and stuff like that. He never let it be said Dion's not around because he's a fucking round. He is absolutely a father to his kids and not a lazy one, to be honest. Their dad's not. He's in the room for days on end. They, she said she caught one of the kids sneaking in there and he was crying because he's just not used to being away from his dad. It was super sad. And then, so now you got Karen running around the house trying to take care of all these fucking people. One of your kids is in the hospital with fucking COVID and she's been in a hospital since she was born. Gigi's got COVID. Gigi was there to help. Daddy's got COVID. Shit. It was, it was a very like, so what I said, when I said I like that they talk about hard things on here, I like that they showed us that. I feel like on a John and K plus eight type series, we wouldn't have even seen that. And they had Eric filming on off camera with the light on it. But it did feel better than just like her holding the camera up and stuff. It just, it just, it was compelling TV. I definitely stopped painting and just stopped and watched this episode. I think it's called, I think it's um, the last episode of the first season. Quarantine with 18 or something like that. It was a lot. Um, I can't imagine it. I really can't having to do all of that during COVID. And this is especially when you guys didn't know what was happening. Like, I think I would have burst. She, she does a self tape at the hospital explaining what's going on with Dawson. Um, cause they thought it might've been meningitis. Um, and like, I would have broken down. Like I have 13 kids at home. Some of which are very young. I'm in this hospital with this. When I thought my oldest son had COVID, like I, if, if my kids cough more than three days, I take them to the doctor just to check. And they had strep throat a lot. I, I just check. And when they were like, we're going to test them for COVID right away. First of all, she came in here in a beekeeper suit. And I was like, oh, no, this is serious. She was very covered. <laughs> She's testing for COVID, the flu, and strep throat because he's had it so many times. I was super nervous while I'm waiting for this little 15-minute test to get back. So they did the rapid, and then they sent all the, the cultures off to do the lab test. And, you know, just in case because sometimes the rapid can be... Not as reliable, but, you know. That 15, 20 minutes while I was waiting for him to come back, I was so fucking like, like, what am I going to do? If he has COVID, I need to assume we all have COVID. That's what I need to do. I need to keep him away from the other kids. He needs to be masked in the house at all times. Stay in his room. I'm going to move Cheeks to the little kid's room for now. Just to, like, try to keep, you know. I'm, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do about work, what my husband's going to do about work. I can work from home. My husband can't work from home. And I guess you'd use vacation time until, I don't know. I don't, like, I was just sitting there like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And if, I have to assume everybody in the house has COVID. Should I go get a test just in case to find out? Because I am vaccinated, he's not. But if I have to assume everybody else in the house has COVID, that means I can't go to the grocery store or anything like that. Because why would I? Why would I go to the grocery store if I had fucking COVID? I, that means I'm going to have to enlist like a friend or someone to do my grocery shopping and to drop things off or like, I'm like sitting there trying to figure all that out. And I don't have 14 kids. One is medically fragile. I don't have any of that. It, it looked like a lot. That's someone, when I was talking about her cooking and stuff, no, the bitch can't cook. That said, <laughs> I don't hold it against her and I don't hold it against her that she was making that fucking patchwork meal for those kids. They ate it, didn't they? You got sustenance, didn't you, today? You're lucky. Ooh, I'm going a little late here. All right, we're going to run in the corner. I'm going to talk about Awesome Dawson, and then I'm going to talk about Diaz's head. So, 
let me start off first that awesome and Dawson do not rhyme. <laughs> and they said it a million fucking times. They don't rhyme though. They gave her that nickname because when when Karen goes to give tri- birth to the last set of triplets, one of which is named Diver with an Y, um, <laughs> uh, I believe Dawson was born first, but Dawson had um, a heart defect, um, a hole in her heart. Um, one of her ventricles wasn't, cl- it, it, I, we don't need to get, she, she needed several surgeries. And so while all the babies were in ICU, they or NICU and needed to stay at the hospital after Karen left, Dawson stayed the longest. And I don't know, at first I missed how long Dawson was in, was at the hospital, but when she brought her home. She had this big, like, head of hair. And I was like, damn, they be having these kids born with a full head of hair? Because I don't know. I thought it was, like, three weeks. It was six months that Karen had to go back and forth from the hospital. As the two other ones were coming home, Dawson was getting her first open-heart surgery. My understanding is she had several open-heart surgeries as an infant. Um... And because of, so she's in NICU, she's being fed through a tube, through a, a feeding tube. She's not being held as much. You know what I mean? Like you hold newborn babies all the fucking time. If you're not holding them, you're swaddling them if they allow, some babies hate it. But most of them do like it. Like I still swaddle my four-year-old sometimes. It, it makes them feel safe and embraced. My, my husband calls it a taco. And sometimes he goes in my little ones, my four and five-year-old's room, before they go to bed and gives them a kiss goodnight and then puts them, swaddles them and he calls it putting them in a taco. And they love to fall asleep that way. It is a, I guess there's some like evolutionary biological reason that babies and it's the same reason um, uh, weighted blankets work. Weighted blankets will make you fucking sleep like the dead, okay? If you can't sleep, get a weighted blanket. See, we'll see how that works. Um, it just, it just, there's something about that that I guess mimics the womb. That's my, I, I could be making that up. And, but, and you hold ba- little babies all the time. All the time. You talk to them, you hold them. But she's in the hospital. And yes, there are people that they do volunteer to do things like that. And yes, there are, there are um, um, nurses and doctors and stuff, but and I'm sure they talk to her and they touch her gently, but they're also doing a lot of poking and prodding. And I don't know. So she's there. Her So her mouth muscles don't work. So not they don't work. They don't work the way they would if as soon as she got out, she had been like put to the breast or a bottle or something like that. So she's got a feeding tube. She's got a medicine tube. And when she comes home, it's hard to hold her. She cries a lot. I'd also be scared if I was six months old, if I was six months old and she is seeing Karen all the time, but she's not seeing Dion. Um, he's home with the kids when Karen's in the hospital over and over again with her. And she, I don't think the other kids even met Dawson. So you bring me home and who are all these motherfuckers? You know? So it was hard for her. And then the first night they brought her home, you know, they did, they, they did tell them about how like to do the feeding tubes and the medicine, medical tubes. And I appreciated that Dion was like asking a lot of questions and then being like, I don't understand. I'm sorry. I'm asking. Can, can you just go over this one more time? Because my, I'm trying to understand what's happening here because I too would be like, 
I, I would have a notebook. I'd be like, okay, I want to get this right. Which one is the feeding tube? How do I tell the difference between the feeding tube and the medical and the medicine tube um, that goes into that? You put that in there. Let me draw a diagram of that shit so I can refer to it at two o'clock in the morning when this baby's hungry. Like I, I, I would be so overwhelmed, and not just overwhelmed because of Dawson, but remember they lost a baby, Carter, two hours old, just a few years older. A few years before this. I will be so overwhelmed. And I am definitely a survivor. I definitely am rebup in this bitch. I have gentle hands and a heart of a tiger. I am a survivor, okay? I get through shit. And I'm scared the whole fucking time. You know, Turtle and I were talking about how much alike we are. And um, just that we like to clean. And we get worried because people don't do what they're supposed to do. And also... He said, but I think that you're braver than I am. And I was like, I am not. I'm scared all the time. I'm worried all the time. I think about things too. I overthink things. My, my superpower is I overthink things to death. But, death, excuse me. But, I said, I show up anyway. And I try. Even if I told myself the whole time, driving up there, oh, this isn't going to work. This is going to be terrible. Oh, I'm going to die. Oh. I still get there. And I still go, but I'm going to try. I'm going to fucking try. And we were talking about that because we were talking about the fifth grade. And I was like, I do not care about grades like that. I do not care about whether you get AB honor roll. I care about whether or not you are doing your best. Your best. Your best. Not that person's next to you. Not the teacher's best. Not Cheek's best. Your best. How can you do your best every day and try? And your best will be different every single day. It's not going to be your best on Tuesday. It might not be your best on Thursday. But I want you to be trying to be taking the risks. And um, like my kids have, I don't know, their school is has this weird matrix of things that they try to teach kids to be. And one of them is the risk taker. Like, can you take risks? Calculated risks. <laughs> and um, he's the one that said, yes, I want to be a risk taker. And I was like, yeah, you just try. But anyway, um, I, I'm thinking about Carter dying and about... Dawson in the hospital and about having all my other kids at home and this happened before COVID but Dawson is sick during COVID too because she has COVID and yeah I would definitely survive the shit okay I would get I would show up I would do what I have to do I would cry in my car if that's what I need to do I would cry in my fucking car wipe my face put some moisturizer on it and get fucking moving because that's what we have to do but watching this is very hard Especially for me for Karen. And I'll get to why it's more hard for me for Karen than for Dion. But anyway, the first time they bring her home, they can't get food in her feeding tube. They're just, they, they're not practicing it. They don't feel like they're doing it right. And they can't feed her. And keep in mind that Karen's a big breastfeeding advocate. And she bonds with her kids through breastfeeding. She can't bond with awesome Dawson. I mean, you can. But that's, but like... What she's saying is not that she couldn't bond with her, but that she has to, like, her go-to is that I breastfeed. I hold them. They have a time when they're with me alone breastfeeding and, like, I'm looking at them and talking to them and stuff. She has to find a different way to do it. And just feeding the kid through the tube is overwhelming. And what happens is the night they finally bring her home and they got her home for Christmas, which they made a big deal out of, but I was like, I wouldn't care if she got home for Christmas. Is she coming home at all is the question. If you tell me she gets home January 2nd, I'll take it. Shit. My kid's in the hospital for six months. 
And they take Dawson back to the hospital. Dawson with a Y. Because they can't feed her. And they readmit her. Because they just don't feel like they can give her the skill the the care she needs um heartbreaking i they didn't film this but i can imagine that karen was crying very hard on the way back to the hospital she really wanted all her kids together um i also want to mention that like karen does all this by herself karen drives to the hospital in the middle of the night with Daw- with dawson when she ends up having covid um she's doing all the heart surgeries by herself and Dion's like, I gotta be home with the kids. And but Gigi's there, and so's Darian. And I just said, I know I just said we can't make Darian do everything. But Gigi and Darian can stay at home with the kids so that Dion and Karen can go to the hospital for for operations. And I'm not saying I would I would want to do that on a regular basis. I would not de- I definitely wouldn't do that daily. I probably wouldn't even want to do that weekly because that's a lot of kids for Gigi and Darian to be and then you get that weirdo Eric over there. Um, let me be clear. I'm not saying that I think Eric is doing something to those kids. Cause I think a lot of people jump to that conclusion. Like, why does this grown man want to be around all these kids? That is, I do have questions about that. I remember once I picked up the last Harry Potter book and I went to go see the remake of, um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And I was sitting there with a bunch of kids and no children of my own thinking, Wow. I'm lucky nobody's escorted me out of here. I, I do, like, it's natural for us to be like, what are you doing around on them kids for no reason? But I want to be clear. When I call him a weirdo, I think it's a, I think it's weird the way they talk about him. And he comes off weird and he kind of looks like Usher. That's what I mean by weird. I don't think he's doing any, I don't, I, I don't even want to speculate on that. I don't think that's funny. I don't think that's like, God forbid some shit like that were to happen. Um... I, I I like mess, but that's not mess, guys. That's, I God forbid something like that would happen. I would never, that's not funny. But he is weird, and you can get Eric to come over. You can get Eric to come over. You can get Gigi to come over, or she was at the house at this point. You can get Gigi to come over. You can get Darian to help. And three two adults and Darian... I think I think Dawson might have been having these if I had to guess maybe once a month or once every two months she was having these surgeries once every two months doing that so that Dion and Karen can be there would be a big help but it turns out Dion doesn't want to go because he has PTSD from when Carter died which is understandable my whole life is me trying not to be vulnerable enough for something bad to happen to me more than, at all. But if it happened to me once, please, God, don't let it happen again. Like, as soon as something happens, I'm like, let's make a list so that nothing hap- that ever happens again. I need to get a cape and superpowers. Okay. Like, I I can't imagine having that happen with Carter and continuing to have kids. Um, but okay, they did. Um, Dion's not the only one PTSD from that. Karen has it too. And Karen carried those fucking kids. It was a C-section. Dion said he didn't even want to tell Karen that Carter wasn't going to make it. And I'm like, thank God you did not go on your first instinct. You should tell her, give her the information. And like Karen, ha- Karen, 
every time she walks in that hospital, it probably reminds her of when that other set of triplets was premature and in the hospital for a long time and in NICU for a long time and one of her babies died. And so when Dion's saying that, he's like, as a man, as a father, you don't know how this affects me. Yo, you don't know how this affects Karen. As a woman, as a mother, as someone who has been through this, show up, Dion. Listen, again, Dion is a very present parent. I'm not going to be over here lying about that. But you have got to overcome what's going on inside you, Dion, and be strong for Karen. Be at that fucking hospital during the surgery. In fact, I would love for Dion, who works for himself, to be at the hospital for everything Dawson has. Everything. My husband is nowhere near as present as Dion, right? I have a good husband who takes, like, works a lot, takes care of our family, likes my kids, plays with them, moves his hour around so he can be here more often, doesn't care. Like, when I'm like, on Sundays, I want to go to lunch with so-and-so, he's like, Go. I got my babies. I don't need you to tell me how to work, do this, princess. Um, the first day he was back from New York, he mowed our lawn. He moved furniture around. He put up blinds, took care of the kids, make sure they did their school. Like, he's great. Doesn't mean I don't want to fucking kill him. He don't get on my nerves. He do get on my nerves. And he don't know what a garage door is called. But still, he's great. But because he works outside of the home, he's not like Dion. Where he's there all the fucking time. And he can move his hours around. Dion is there all the time. It is possible for Dion to be present for Dawson's um, going to the hospital. It is possible. It really bothered me. Because Karen's just a... Karen's, Karen's not a confrontational person. Like when Dion and his mom were arguing, Karen was... Did, did you just see camera footage of of Karen just like kind of walking off. <laughs> She's like, no, when they do that, I just let them do that. I feel like he can handle it. It'll be fine. I've already talked about Dawson having COVID. So Dawson, I think it, I consider her medically fragile. She has a heart defect. She's gone through all these open heart surgeries. Um, she has a feeding tube. She, uh, they did remove the feeding tube eventually. She, uh, then she got COVID. Like, that's a journey there. And I do, do I wish they stopped saying awesome Dawson? Yes. It doesn't rhyme. It's grating to hear on the ears. <laughs> uh, but I'm happy. It looks like in 2021, cause I did, you know, I did some, uh, basic Googling about these people that she's had another surgery and she's doing pretty well. And, and that's good. She, she's gained a lot of weight in those pictures. She looks happy she's I'm happy I'm happy I'm not being like just so you know and one of the kids died on camera like I like mess but come on come on man don't be wishing for shit like that um I want to talk about Diaz now Diaz is one of the triplins and Diaz has so Dawson had I don't know what to call this she had some issues with her skull and so she had to wear a little helmet if you guys watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Dorit's daughter had to wear a little helmet too. And it's not it's not unusual for this to happen under two and have to wear a little helmet 22 hours a day or 20 hours, whatever. It helps to reshape their heads. It happens from being like premature and like being laid down on, on the NICU all the time. Um, I think it, 
it else genetics has something to do with it. It's not the worst thing in the world. Lots of kids have to wear that little helmet to protect their skull and like shape it. Okay. Because your skull is developing from like the time you're born to you're like two years old. And it's very easy to put that helmet on and kind of like be like, no, this is how you in circular. And the reason isn't really aesthetics, although I'm sure that's part of it. It's because if your head does not, if your skull is not wide enough to allow your brain to grow, you will eventually have serious issues. You can be paralyzed. You can, you can have, you can get brain, like any, like just think of all the things your brain does and what would happen if it can't grow to the size it needs to grow to. Um, So while that was happening with Dawson, it brought attention to the fact that Diaz has an elongated head. By the way, Diaz's head shape is very common, okay? I know so many little kids with Diaz's head shape, but his head is elongated, it's narrow instead of being like round, and it brought attention to the fact that Diaz has this, that has this issue too, but Diaz is four. By the way, the cutest kid is Dior. He's Diaz is tripling. He's four too. He's so cute. He's so sweet. A lot of times when they're doing their talking heads, they have a kid with them, like sleeping with them or they're holding a kid because I don't know, I guess it could be hard to, to like do a talking head with kids. Like I just did a two hour podcast and nobody interrupted me, but it's nap time. So, um, and quiet time and they know they better be fucking quiet. <laughs> I said it like I'm threatening them. I'm not, but I, there are consequences to actions. And if you cannot be quiet during the nap time and during this quiet time, then you will also have to take a nap. And big kids don't want to take naps, so they know how to be quiet. Anyway, um, Dior's the cutest. And he's often on their lap, and I just find him so adorable. Anyway, but Diaz. Diaz, D-I-E-Z, um, has a narrow head. And they, they notice this, and they go take him in for a consultation. Like someone, the same doctor, I believe, that sees Dawson. Because Dawson, oh, Dawson has to see her cardiologist all the time during COVID. She had to. She has to see her cardiologist. Dawson has physical therapy. Dawson, like, there's a lot going on with Dawson. So the doctor sees Dawson, saw Diaz, and, like, they went to do the scan. His head wouldn't even fit for them to do the scan. And I will allow that it was probably a pediatric machine because it doesn't make sense why it wouldn't fit for an adult or in it, he wouldn't fit in an adult machine, but they had to lay him like normally they have them. I guess they have them lay on the back of their head. They had to lay him sideways for his head to fit in the machine. And you know, she tells them it could be a few things, but what likely happened is that he was in NICU for a very long time and he was laying on his head and it affected the way his skull developed. Um, baby's heads are really soft. And they get harder over time. And that two of his plates in his skull fused together before they should have. Making it hard for it to grow the way it's supposed to. And that if they don't, and that they want his brain to be able to grow normally. And so he will likely need surgery. And Dion and um, Karen are upset. Upset in the doctor's office. Diaz seems fine most of it. But when Karen starts crying, Diaz starts crying. He, you could tell he doesn't understand a lot of what's going on. He probably doesn't understand any of what's going on, but his mother is crying. And 
I felt really bad in that moment because, yeah, if your mom's crying, like, you usually would cry. My kids are always on the lookout for me to be crying. They're like, you're not crying, are you? I'm like, no, I just sneezed. <laughs> They're like, okay, you're all right? <laughs> like, and it's because when your parents are crying, it means that something really bad's happening. And your parents usually don't want to, like, like your kids, as small kids, you're, you think of your parents as invincible. Like, they drive a car. I remember thinking my mom was so smart and so capable because she could drive a car. And when I'm thinking, I was probably five, my mother was 25 years old and an idiot. <laughs> but I just thought she knew everything. She could drive a car. She knew how to get the food. She brought the food to me. She had money in her purse. We go to dollar store. She had money in her purse. <laughs> I just really thought that about her. And um, so he's crying and they're expressing anger because they were never told this could be a thing. Dawson's the first person that is the first baby that they had that that, that this was ever discussed. And Dion's saying if they had told us that this was something to look out for, we would have like taken him to the right doctor doing, you know. So what happens is that that doctor sends him to UCLA Medical Center in LA to get, cause she thinks it needs to be a surgery, a skull surgery, which sounds scary as fuck already, but a skull surgery on a four year old, bitch. I don't know if I could, Karen says that if she could lay down on the table, when she's talking about Dawson at one point, she says, if I could lay down on the table and take the surgery for her, I would. And that is absolutely a mom thing to say. Um, I remember being during the freeze here and we had no lights and water and stuff. I, I could have taken it. No big deal. It was four, it was three, four days. I, no big deal. I would have, I would have been fine because, because also I'm still telling you my lights were cycling on and off. Um, so it was warmer in my house. I had time to heat up stuff. Like I could do those sorts of things, but if I could have, I would have blinked my kids out of here. I would have like did the I dream of genie shit and move and sent them somewhere safe that they didn't have to be in this because them being in it was the was the hard part for me not me being in it and so i understand exactly what karen's saying how i i would rather go to the hospital than send one of my kids there and the idea of a skull surgery on a four-year-old is terrifying in a later episode we see um karen take diaz and dior to LA with a friend who helps her do the drive. Um, again, they're in Vegas, so it can be driven. And they stay in a hotel and they see specialists who, like every person that would be a part of it, they all examine him and they run an MRI and they do all these tests. And was it an MRI or was it a CAT scan? It was one of them. And all these tests and stuff. And they call her that evening and say, yeah, it, it's going to be a surgery. We really, what they want to do is they cut the pieces of his skull and to alleviate some of the pressure and like reshape it. And she's sitting there writing all this stuff down and she's like, I have to talk to every doctor. I have to talk to the doctor who's actually gonna do the surgery. I have to do all that now. I can't just, because they're not at home. I, because the next time they come back, he's getting the surgery. So I wonder what kind of insurance they have. I wonder what their deductibles and, and uh, co-pays look like. And just a question. 
Um, I'd like, if you know, if you have their insurance information, please send it this way along with their bank account information. And, you know, a year of like statements will be, you know, I just want to, I just want to see. And so, (laughs) so I'm just being nosy. So she's like, you can see the panic in her face as she's like writing down all this information. She's going to go talk to this doctor. She's going to do this. She's going to do that because she wants to have like this information. Um, you're the medical advocate for a child. It is, I don't know. When my husband goes to the doctor, the reason I go to the doctor a lot with my husband, because when I go, he goes to the doctor, he's like, I don't know. They said I'm going to die in two days. I didn't ask why. I think they wrote on a paper. I lost the paper on the way back here. But um, I'm going to go play my video game. Like that's, that's the way he gets information like that. And, oh, one of the reasons I brought up my husband when I was saying that I think Dion is a very present, a very present um, father. And I would say he's more present than my husband because my husband works outside of the home. But I was so annoyed that he didn't go to the hospital because I, I remember my husband working night shift and I would have to take a kid to a sick visit in the morning. So like the kid got sick that night. And I'd be like, it wasn't enough for me to rush them to a hospital. It rarely is. And I'd be like, I'm going to drop these kids off at school. I'm going to get my work laptop. I'm going to take, and I'm going to get the sick kid. And I'm going to go ask for a sick visit at our clinic. And it's just like, I'm a, I'm here. I'm sick. Can you see me? Like that. And my husband will be like getting off work at fucking 7.30 a.m. And be like, I'm going to meet you at the clinic. Um, I'll call you when I'm outside so you can come bring me into the exam room. Because... He wouldn't want to leave me there by myself. Like, is he an idiot? Yeah, so am I. (laughs) But that idiot is not going to leave me to do the thing by myself and to be stressed out by myself. Not like that. Will he, did he supposed to bring home two gallons of milk yesterday? He did. Left him in his trunk. So there's no milk for breakfast this morning. We made it work. But the fact that Dion let Karen like face those medical issues on her own over and over again. And just being like, oh, she's a survivor. She's very strong. She barely eats. She barely sleeps. Yeah. <laughs> she barely sleeps because you guys have 14 kids and very little help. And I honestly don't think you have the money to get the amount of help you need to get. And also, you have put all the medical stuff on her. Um, Even when she went to go see, they thought she was pregnant. The line said that they were. And she goes to get, you know, to have her first doctor's visit and there's nothing in the sack um she's doing that by herself my husband would not let me do things i might try to but he wouldn't let me do it by myself um so where was i so she's she's like trying to get all this information trying because she needs to have as much information as possible to make the right decisions for her child it's very different when it's you um as far as i know because again i did some googling diaz did get his surgery Diaz is doing fine. Um, I didn't see pictures of him. The idea of getting a skull surgery at four years old and coming through just fine is... There's some lucky bastards. Um, maybe I shouldn't say that because they aren't lucky. They, they've had lots of tragedy. But the more kids you have, the more likely you will have those tragedies. You know? Like... A lot of times they say things like, I just never thought I had to feed my child through a, uh, one of my babies through a feeding tube. Or I just never thought my babies would have to stay in the hospital. This, this, and this. And I'm like, 
dude, like, the more kids you have, the more likely these things will happen. And it's not because you're, like, I don't know, your junk is messed up and you're giving birth to defective children. And I'm not saying that. That's ridiculous. What I'm saying, though, is that the odds of something bad happen go up with the amount of kids that you have. So, like, like my kids, I'll, I'll talk about it another time, but my kids are going to in-person school um, starting in a week and a half. And if I had one kid... The odds of them getting COVID is one way, but I have five kids. So the odds of my kid, one of my five kids getting COVID is much more. If I have 14 kids, all of the kids would already have COVID. It's that, you know? I don't think, do I have anything else to talk about with the Doritos? I did enjoy it. I did. I only had to watch one episode. I didn't know which episode to watch, but I could have just recapped an episode, but that's not how, these you can't do that with these type of shows. Nothing happens during the episode. The kids dance for 10 minutes. We interview the, the girls from the quintuplets. And they say something funny with lipstick on. <laughs> all the kids look alike. They all have the same eyes. They have a... Uh, they all kind of... All the kids kind of look like Karen. She has kind of like googly eyes. She has She's not ugly. She has googly eyes though. She's kind of... Like, they all kind of look like her. I think the, the last of the triplets... When I look at Dawson, she doesn't quite... She doesn't have the same eyes. She looks more like uh, Dion. So that's interesting. Well, the kids are cute. They're nice. I don't see any badness. I hate I hate when people put kids misbehaving on TV and try to sell it to us, sell it to us as they they're having a personality. Every child has a personality. Whether they call you a fucker on TV is a whole different story. Looking at you, Kim Zolciak. I cannot watch starting for the fucking party. First of all, it's a bad show, and I don't like Kim Zolciak. But the fact that they just film those younger boys just doing outlandish, terrible fucking things and go, isn't KJ funny? <laughs> no, he fucking isn't. Um, these kids are a joy to watch. I Like I said, if this was 2008, I'd be like, all right, set my DVR. But I just, I don't know. Maybe I will, though. Maybe, you know what? Maybe I won't set my DVR. Maybe it'll be one of those things that, like, every six months I'll be like, are there any new Dorico episodes? Let me see. What's going on with those kids? Did uh, Darion never like break free? <laughs> Did Darion ever break free and like go do her own thing? And was she ever allowed to like, I don't know, just two of her girlfriends and her go to the roller rink with her crushes and you drop her off and come pick her up at nine? What's wrong with that? So that maybe they can sit next to each other and hold hands or maybe, maybe even, I don't know, kiss. I don't know. Just, I'm not saying that we, sh Euphoria, that's the name of that show I couldn't remember before. I'm not saying Darian needs to be doing heroin and fucking in hotels and going to the dance with no panties on. With her. I'm not saying that's what I want for Darian. No, you only have a short time to be a kid. Be a kid as long as you can. But I'd like for Darian to get some time to do some things that kids her age want to do and to to not be shamed for it and not be told that you're being selfish. I don't know that they said that. I didn't want to say that. I don't. I didn't see anybody saying that. But I'm. I, this is the implication that they're, when Dion is like, I'm trying. I have to do individual stuff. It is. A, I'm like, yeah, it is tough. That's why people don't have 14 kids. And you... 
didn't have to have 14 kids. So my sympathies for you are nowhere. I don't have anything for you. I have a lot of sympathy for the kids, but not you. Your mother tries to talk some sense in you, and you get mad and say, she's judging you. And you don't keep people from doing their thing. Why are you trying to keep from doing? She actually asked him, was this like a fetish or something? Which I was like, damn, granny. Ask the questions we want to ask. Yeah, I, I enjoy the show, but it's not going to be like a um, a must-see for me. But I did spend two and a half hours talking about it. Well, actually two hours because the first 30 minutes was about White Lotus. But I still think that's a lot. Taylor, thank you for commissioning this episode. If anybody else wants to to commission an episode, email me at hello at buypumpkinpodcast.com. It is $20 and I will work something out. What do you want me to talk about? Let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. Until then, bye guys.